This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, also known as the IPC. And we are broadcasting live right here on channel 1138.com. And there's a strong chance that that might be the last time I say those few words. We'll, we'll get to that in a few minutes. I don't mean to be ominous here, all right, because good things are coming. And you guys have no idea what I'm even talking about because this is an episode that has been a long time coming. And uh, we have some announcements to make. We have some stuff to share with you guys that we've, we've been working on for quite a while now. And finally tonight we will be letting it all out, sharing it with you guys and showing you where the future of IPC is headed. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I promise it's all good news. There's no bad news tonight. It's all great news, and it's really exciting, and I can't wait to share it with you guys. Uh, before we do with that, of course, introductions and – before we do that, introductions are in order. My name is Ben, and joining me once again to bail me out of being alone on this podcast – you have no idea how much I appreciate this guy. He's back again. It's Mr. Chris Abbott, a.k.a. Star Raptor. How's it going, man? Hello, Ben. Hello, everybody listening. Yeah, it is hopefully going to be a time where we don't have to race the clock uh, for our three-hour limit like we did last time. As you guys listen, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can talk about video games for obviously a very long time. Um, so, yeah, hopefully uh, we're going to be a little bit more uh, less or a little bit less rushed uh, this time. But I think we'll we'll be all right. But yet, like you said, off the top, we got plenty of exciting things to talk about before we dive into the big news uh, for you guys. But it's still getting kind of interesting for me to look at my podcatcher every week and be like, oh, that's right. I can't listen to IPC like I used to do because I was on the darn show. So there oh, goes man. like two two to three hours of, of podcast listening that I have to find a void to replace for some other cast every once in a while. Uh, I've, I genuinely feel bad about that, but I also am like, man, my schedule has opened up since we started doing this because it's so much easier to do this show biweekly. Um, but uh, really, yeah. It's 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 sad, but also um, it it works better for the time being. I'm I'm hoping we can get back to weekly at some point in the future. For right now, that's going to be the status quo for a little while longer. That will not be changing. What will be changing, I, I can't talk about literally because Zach's not here, and he'll kill me if I say anything before he gets here. Um, and I should say, Chris has no idea either. I haven't told him anything, so this is going to be a surprise to everyone, including him. But uh, yeah. As I mentioned, um, and well, Zach put it out there in the in the chat and in our groups to say that uh, yes, this will be our final broadcast on Channel Eleven Thirty Eight. 
Not our final show, by no means, but our final show here on Channel 1138. And I'll be honest, I got a little emotional putting this show together, knowing what I know right now. Um, because, yeah, it's been a journey. And for Channel 1138 and us, it's it's ending tonight. But, uh, I mean, it will always be around. Maybe we'll even, we'll even we'll, we'll, pay, we'll visit every once in a while. It's not the end. It's just... Uh, a stepping off point, a moving forward, and uh, yeah, I like, like I said, I can't, I can't say anything else. I'm sworn to secrecy, so you'll find out about everything towards the latter part of the show when Zach gets here. But before we do that, um, there's been a lot of stuff happening, Chris. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you noticed, especially with the Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we got a trailer for Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and I really like this trailer. What did you think? Yeah, I think it was great because we get to see this side of Marvel that we haven't really seen before. Obviously, um, with with the beginning of Iron Man, you have the Ten Rings organization. Now we actually get to see a storyline that was played out, uh, you know, 25 movies ago, plus a couple series in between us now. Uh, seeing this different culture of the East, which is something we haven't really seen before. I mean, we delved into Doctor Strange, but it's not quite the same as this. Obviously, we have a first, uh, I believe, the first Asian lead in the MCU. Yeah, so that itself is exciting. Seeing kind of the Kung Fu. And I feel like this actor, I haven't seen him in anything. I think he's in Kim's Convenience with the guy from yeah. uh, Mandalorian. Um, but like this guy already looks like he has got a lot of charisma. Um, the actor that is playing Shang Chi, but it looks like the, the storytelling is interesting in probably a non-linear way, where it looks like there's a lot of flashbacks back and forth throughout the single trailer that we have. But mm-hmm. the action looks great. I mean, some of the background of this character that I was watching some YouTube videos about, he is one of those very few Marvel characters, um, kind of like Black Widow and a few others, that actually has no innate ability or any kind of power or gadgetry. But he is, according to some things I read, like the most powerful, like hand-to-hand combat guy in the MCU. Right. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. Because like the thing that like I, the most intrigues me about this whole movie is like the fact that I know almost nothing besides what you just said about like okay, it's Shang Chi. And there's ten rings, and he's like the best like kung fu guy in the world. Like no one can beat him, and like so that's interesting. And the fact that he's not super powered is really really interesting. And people are like, oh, he's like there are tons of characters that aren't super powered. Like look at Black Widow, look at Tony Stark. Like you don't have to have superpowers to be the best or be incredible. And I think this is really cool. And, and they got of course the real Mandarin is showing up yeah. here. Which is great. There's whole sign him. There's like this crouching tiger, hidden dragon thing. Mm-hmm. Like one of those scenes. Some really intense imagery and something that you know. As much as I love the MCU, I myself have been critical. But like, hey, some of your color palettes like that. It's not as impressive as it could be. Some of these movies are kind of gray and and you know even ugly at times. Not very very attractive. This movie looks gorgeous. And definitely more reminds me of like Guardians of the Galaxy in terms of like color palette and how it looks and stuff like that. So like this, it looks great and the choreography looks spectacular. Like, you know, that one shot you have of him on the train, he like, yeah. you know, like hits two guys then jumps up and then 
double uh-huh. kicks like both of them uh-huh. at the same time. Like it's insane. Like it's great and it feels real. I think that's what this movie's going to excel in the fact that like getting that like because everyone in the MCU does like martial arts. Like everyone's, you know, we've seen Black Widow do that that one you know, spinny takedown <laughs> on every yeah. character for a thousand times. Like this is nothing new, but having a character that like can stand above them all and be the best and still, you know, not have any superpower. I think it is great. Yeah. And also when's the last time we got a legit origin story for somebody in the MCU in a, in a movie format? Cause it's probably been a very long time. I mean, thinking back all the way before probably, I guess maybe black Panther technically, even though, he did already show up in Civil War, so it wasn't like he was a brand new character. Like this character hasn't even been teased in any kind of post-credit sequences or anything. So I think from that perspective, getting getting a character just that no one really like you said, I don't know about him. You don't know about him. A lot of the listeners probably don't know about this character. It's gonna be really refreshing to kind of just jump right into a brand new character again, kind of like it was in the old days with all the the original lineup of the Avengers. Yeah, I think like the fr- the last full on like origin story that I could think of is Doctor Strange. I think like, mm-hmm. that was like him starting normal douchebag dude and then turning into Doctor Strange. Um, but I think Marvel has maybe rightfully so like dialed that back a little bit. They they've tried to like do different things with it, like what we got with Captain Marvel, kind of in literally inverting the whole like superhero origin where you know it's at the end when you finally get the answers of how she got her powers. So, like, I like that, but I also, like, I'm looking forward to, like, something that's, like, you know, because some characters in the MCU, Spider-Man, Hulk, like, we we never saw their, you know, origins. Like, it's just kind of understood because those characters are so high profile. But Mm -hmm. Shang-Chi is this character that seemingly nobody knows anything about. So, like, that's interesting, and I'm sure, like, you know, going back to basics and kind of just, like, telling his story from the beginning – and I, I like the whole idea of like he apparently he's the son of the Mandarin and he's been off on his own and his father maybe has let him go and whatever. He's a valet guy, but apparently he's very powerful and his father wants to come back. I think that's setting up some interesting stuff. And then there's a whole like cage match thing. And I keep hearing that like there's going to be like f- a familiar character from the MCU oh. or multiple ones show up oh. in that cage match thing. I, I was going to ask names, but like, I'm curious who that could be. Like, what's the significance of Shang-Chi? I know little about it. The comic, um, you know, crossovers or whatever could be out there, obviously. But why introduce him now after the blip? Is there going to be any relation to the blip? Because I feel like most movies and, and all the cinematic universe so far has been acknowledging the blip and, and all the people returning what characters is it going to be close to that obviously um, integrate with, with some of the other storylines? That's, that's what I'm most intrigued by because it's really like wild card. Like any, like literally anybody could show up. Like you said. Right. I'm, I am curious. Cause like, I love the MCU that they don't always try to force the connections. Like you have one of the best ones in my opinion is guardians of the galaxy. And it, it's a movie that's, you know, on its own is completely disconnected from the MCU pretty much. But, you know, obviously there is tie-ins, and they do end up tying everything together at the end. But, like, having this movie, I think it's going to be largely on its own. But, like, what is the trajectory of Shang-Chi? Like, where is he going to go? Is he going to be a member of the Avengers? 
Like, is he going to do that? Or is he just going to be kind of this lower level hero, a la, you know, Daredevil or whatever, that's just kind of like taking care of his neighborhood or whatever. But like, if he is like the greatest fighter in the MCU, like you can imagine, he's going to come up against some pretty big foes. So like that whole thing, I think, could be very interesting what they could do with that. I'm, I'm just looking forward to like how this impacts the MCU, like you're saying. Oh, yeah. So this actually comes out this year, which we didn't say yet. Hard to um, believe. So just, yeah. Looking at the slate, it's insane because we're in the like toward the latter half of the year, I would say at this point. And we haven't gotten a single MCU film and we expect four films. We got Black Widow uh, coming out. It seems like definitely this time since they're going to put it on digital for Disney at the same time. Uh, that right. comes out in July. Sanctuary is out in September. Then you got Eternals, which we haven't heard anything about coming out in November. Then the month after, we get Spider-Man No Way Home. So it's going to be like bam, bam, bam. Plus, you know, Loki's coming out a month before Black Widow starting in June. Plus the other, I guess, three other Marvel series that at least come. It's going to be just like insane. This latter half of the year is going to be insane to keep up with everything. Yeah, it's they're making up for lost time. And I mean, they should because like we didn't get anything in 2020, like nothing just to make 2020 that much worse. We got nothing from the MCU. So um, I love that, you know, now we're, we're they're making up for lost time. We're getting four, you know, feature films plus three TV series, maybe even more in one year. That's insane. That's insane. But I'm a, I'm loving it. I'm loving the idea of finally getting back to go go back to the theater and uh, see something MCU. I cannot wait. And so, speaking of more series, and I'm sure this is not coming out this year because it's literally in production or, or about to go into production. But Secret Invasion, which is the scroll show that's. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on here, but it's got Ben Mendelsohn's back, Sam Jackson's back, and they've added a few more cast members, including Emilia Clarke. So oh, yeah. From, from Game of Thrones to Star Wars, now she's in the MCU. She's hitting all the big times, and uh, I have no idea who she's playing. I don't think that's been said or even speculated about, but like, could be really interesting, and I love that you know, MCU is getting all this great talent, and I'm sure she'll be great. Yeah, seriously, she's done the trifecta, or as I put on my Facebook or Twitter, the trident. I don't know what the heck I was thinking. <laughs> the trident is complete. But yeah, that's super exciting. As somebody who loves Game of Thrones and loves solo Star Wars story, it's just like, bam, we keep getting these these A-list actors. Like, who would ever think, you know, take it back, you know, pre-2008 Iron Man you know, people were like scoffing at the idea. These celebrities probably like, oh, I would never you would never catch me dead in, in a superhero movie, because up until that time, we got few and far between of anything that was relatively good. So it's just really cool seeing somebody that's so high caliber. And we know what kind of range Amelia Clark has. And, and you know, you're saying you have no idea who she could play. I don't know if I heard rumblings or speculations. Maybe, maybe she could play a scroll that's related to Ben Mendelssohn's um, character, Talos, maybe something of that of that uh, distinguished personality or something. But this show is going to be insane because, like you said, you rambled off the, the cast there. This thing is just <laughs> has nothing but heavy hitters, man. It's going to be insane to see 
like the scrolls come to life because that was one of the best things about obviously Captain Marvel. And now speaking of Captain Marvel, we see that big tease at the end of WandaVision with Monica yeah. and yeah. her connection to the scrolls is because she gets contacted by a scrolls. So everybody's thinking at that post credit scene. Oh, sorry if I spoiled that. I assume everybody that is listening to this has probably already seen WandaVision. It's so, your own fault. I'm sorry. It's been like, what, three months? Yeah, some, something like that. Anyway. Maybe uh, not three cap- months, but it's been the- a little while. All right, you've had your chance. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's the cool thing is people are probably speculating like, oh, maybe Monica will be in season or uh, being Captain Marvel 2, but maybe she'll actually be in Secret Invasion. Um, but it's going to be great to see Nick Fury. It's going to be great to see Ben Mendelsohn. And now Amelia Clark and who knew who knows who else could be in this show, right? Well, yeah, and it's like I'm just curious, like how this is going to work, because like Secret Invasion famously is like okay, like everyone's a scroll now, and like yeah. you know certain people have like been scrolls for a while, and like you know we had that set up in Spider-Man: Far From Home of like you know Nick Fury and Maria Hill were scrolls the entire time, like that was a cool little reveal, but like. They're good guys. They're still like they're working with with Fury and they're doing sword stuff or whatever. Um, so like, when's the heel turn kind of come? Like, that's what complicates this. Is like, why? What what's gonna happen? You know, is it is it because that they trust him that they are able to like infiltrate everywhere and everything? And is it a long game? Like, I'm just curious, like how they portray the scrolls going into this because like they were very much good guys in captain marvel like that was the whole twist in the thing it's like they're not the bad guys you know it's the it's the you know spoilers the the blue guys have always been the mm-hmm. bad guys uh, or the bad guys again so like i'm very curious where this goes and like how and who could show up because like will you know could amelia clark be the lead will talos be the lead will dick fury be the lead will there be other characters will we see potentially other heroes show up you know, because there is a lot of Avengers still floating out there. So, like, very curious to see where this goes. Yeah, that's the big question, right? Is how far do these series go? I mean, we're, we're going to talk about this. Um, we're getting ahead of myself. But we'll talk a little bit about the series coming up here that have, have mm-hmm. come out already. But just judging by those two series, they're, they're pretty much focused for the most part on a specific group of characters. Now, right. from what I know about Secret Evasion, this thing involves like everybody for the most part like the whole planet of earth and maybe even beyond you know you don't know who's who so that really does affect a very wide portion of the population obviously so i was very surprised when i heard the announcement we're getting a a series rather than a film to the caliber like this could have been to the caliber of like endgame like everybody's involved with secret invasion so it's fascinating how they're actually going to tone it down and, and make it more uh, specific to to um, what could be a Disney Plus series, and now it's it's cool to to think about. They they could have a lot of these characters showing up as cameos, but it was a mind blowing thing to me when I found out in Captain Marvel how you have these people that change, and uh, my thoughts went immediately to the rest of the MCU. Like, hey, any of the stories we've seen before could have not been Steve Rogers or somebody, you know, it could have been just this random scroll. Like, it's it's kind of mind bending when you think about it. Well, yeah, and, and like you know, we got we just got finished with Falcon on her shoulder, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, it's it's Sharon Carter. She's a scroll." Like you know, and <laughs> and like there's already those theories, 
and they could have some some mind blowing ones. They really could if they if they play this right. Like you know, they could have some that blow you know Fury being Talos the entire time out of the water. Like that's that was a great reveal. I I love Far From Home so much, and that was like the icing on the cake of like oh wow you know you just threw everything out there so like bringing this back like what could secret invasion because i i i figure like secret invasion will be like an avengers plot line like that's like a big time thing where they've been infiltrated and they've got to like you know fight all these guys um because it's an invasion but uh i don't know i don't know i'm very very curious about this but we know that like when this was first announced it's like oh it's a tv show it's not gonna be as big as the movies and then we watch the two series, and they're like, oh, these are as big as the movies, basically. So, like, yeah. what could this be? I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's the thing, is Disney Plus has been very much surprising everybody with just the production quality and everything. I have just sat down earlier today, we're recording us on, on Friday, uh, last day of April, and they, they put out the, the, they call it the Marvel Assembled, which is the behind-the-scenes oh. making of, of especially they did the WandaVision and now today they put out the, the Captain America or the Falcon, the Winter Soldier. And yeah, I'm watching that. And, you know, I've watched many documentaries in my time, specifically a lot of Star Wars ones. And the whole concept is, hey, they're making a six hour movie rather than, you know, episodic little episodes. They are treating this as a vertical slice of everything going into different environments. And just the action itself um, is filmed to the degree and the visual effects are used to the degree that I would see in behind the scenes shots of different movies. It's insane. I was going to ask you how that was because like, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. And I've really enjoyed like all the behind the scenes stuff. Like apparently <laughs> I thought like it was all going to be Disney gallery, but apparently not like, you know, Marvel has their own assembled, which is way better than Disney gallery, the Mandalorian, if we're being honest. Um, but like, you know, that's <laughs> like, you know, putting that aside, like, the Mandalorian Disney gallery was amazing. Like that whole oh, thing yeah. was like, even like, I think the one they did in season two was like one of the best star Wars documentaries I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And like the one one vision was like excellent. I'm like really looking forward to watching this one on Falcon Winter soldier, because like, that's, you know, that's, that's what I love like getting into the weeds, like figuring out, okay, how did they do that? Like, that's the most interesting part. And being able to not only like experience this week to week, then the next week literally get, you know, a behind the scenes documentary immediately about this is it's wonderful. And that's the you know, that's the beauty of Disney Plus. And speaking of the beauty of Disney Plus, so we got another report recently that states, and I can't remember who said this, I think it was Variety or maybe it was someone one of the big ones, deadline. One of the variety. big ones, yeah, yeah. It was one of the big ones saying that basically in no uncertain terms that Sony and Disney have struck a deal again because they are the the uh, separated parents of Spider-Man they're the exes yeah, they're yeah. you know they're, they're you know Spider-Man comes from a broken home so he's still kind of co-owned by Disney and Sony and of course Sony has a bunch of other movies and stuff like that and Spider-Man movies or whatever and that's the reason they aren't on Disney Plus but they soon will be because they made a deal and at the end of this year I think going into 2022 once the contract is up with Netflix for all the Spider-Man movies and all of Sony's movies they will all go to Sony they will all go to Disney Plus 
And uh, so that means that uh, you're going to see, you know, Spider-Man Far From Home, Spider-Man Homecoming, I would assume Spider-Verse, like all of those are going to be over on Disney Plus. And then like for the next several years, like all of Sony's like big stuff is going to be over there. So, you know, you're talking about anything, you know, I think even Jurassic World, maybe, I don't know, is Jurassic World, I don't think that's, I don't no, think that's, that's part of No, that's Universal, that's Peacock owns that. Okay, all right, all right, that'll never be, <laughs> that'll never be on Disney+, Plus. <laughs> but you're talking about Jumanji, you're talking about a lot of big franchises, I think, of course, Venom, which is kind of in the MCU, but not really, is kind of a thing on its own, but like, so this is good news, and I think... Like, I'm glad to see Sony and Disney playing ball some more because I, I it was really, really bummed me out when we had that news about, oh, yeah, you know, Spider-Man's out of this MCU and Sony's taking him back. Like, it made sense from a business standpoint, but uh, it it really was. It really did suck. So, like, now they're working together. We're going to have a lot of a bunch of even more awesome movies on Disney Plus. And probably this means that, you know, Spider-Man will continue to be in the MCU. Tom Holland continue to play that character, and very exciting stuff. Oh man, I'm happy this is a big change because uh, in the lead up to WandaVision and the Disney Plus series, uh, me and my family watched on Disney Plus the entire MCU over the last probably year now, and that was the thing that really ticked me off. Was we got all the way to the end, and I'm like. Where's Spider-Man Far From Home? I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Disney Disney doesn't own that. Um, and we had rented Spider-Man Homecoming off Amazon Prime for like, you know, three bucks or whatever it is to rent. I, I, so I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll, I'll pay four dollars to see Far From Home. I'm like, it's not on here. It's nowhere. Oh, I, I, it's on stars. I don't have stars. I'm like, so you're telling me I have to buy this movie for 15, 20 bucks? Like, oh, this is crazy. So I might have to wait till, I guess, 2022 to finally show everybody Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs> so I'm still like, ah, but like, finally, at least something's being done about that. Because that that's a huge glaring misstep is like Spider-Man, man. He's integral to the MCU. You see him in Avengers. You see him in Civil War. It's like, wait, what's his character? Does he have his own movies? People that are watching things like what I introduced uh, my family, they're, they're they're probably wondering like, how does this guy even integrate into this? Well, eventually they'll be able to watch those movies on there. So that's that's a good thing. But it's funny you mentioned at the end of uh, your statement there about talking about, oh, yeah, this solidifies Tom Holland's role as a character for longer because it wasn't that long ago. I guess it was like maybe three years ago where there was this huge upheaval about Tom Holland maybe not coming back. And right. after Avengers Endgame, it was like, Oh, the, the contract is dead. And then and it was like a thing with Sony and Disney. It was like, what? How is this going to go on without a continuation with, with MCU's version of, of Spider-Man? They came to that deal. So I didn't think about it from that perspective. But, you know, if, if Disney's being friendly still with Sony with this deal, I think it probably does bode well for Tom Holland's future with um, the Spider-Man universe and the MCU. Because there was a whole lot of talk about this being his last Spider-Man movie. But like maybe having some integration with the Venom universe, which, which also has Morbius, because um, we know Morbius is coming out. I think they just pushed the release date back like a week. I think that's coming out <laughs> sometime in January. And then we get, you know, that's that's uh, Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, I guess that's called. Or, and then there's Let yeah, There I Be Carnage, the name another of movie. The number two, yeah. 
Yeah, so you got those two movies. So he was going to end up having more of a direct role between those movies and kind of shying away more from the MCU. So maybe that's not the case. That's a lot of speculation. None of that is confirmed. But right. nonetheless, I'm um, just talking about the movies in general. This is super good for the library of Disney Plus because you mentioned, you know, movies like Jumanji, The Next Level, stuff like that is going to be huge for Disney Plus because I think we can all agree the series are amazing. The movies we all love are on there are amazing. But if you're not a fan of if you're not a fan of Marvel, if you're not a huge fan of Star Wars or if you're just, you know, you've watched those films 100 times, you're like, all right, well, there's there's not much more content for me to watch for the most part. If you're really into those franchises now, they'll introduce a lot of other variety, which I think is, you know, kind of sorely. Uh, missing from Disney Plus because I go to things like HBO Max and I, every time I, I, you know, I don't really watch movies on there, but I just check for the heck of it. And I'm like, oh, wow, they, they just have the best list of movies on HBO they Max. They have an incredible it. list. Like yeah. you go like it keeps going and going and going. And you're like, oh, I'm only in a like, you know, yep. like it's like just like there there's so many stuff. And you're right. Like with Disney Plus, like it's like if you're into like genre stuff you're into marvel disney star wars yeah it's for you but like outside of that like you know it's not really serving that like indie audience like netflix has still got the market corner market corner on like hey you want to see this weird movie with this person or whatever and or you want to see this really old movie that you know whatever it's in there like they have a ton of content and hbo max is the same way so like if you're like if you're thinking of a random movie, it may not be on streaming and I do that a lot because, you know, movie, you know, just want to watch a movie and you look online like, oh, crap, where is it? It's probably not going to be Disney Plus unless it's Marvel, Star Wars or Disney, because that's pr- pretty much all that's on there. But this will open things up. And I keep hearing about Star. It's like this thing that they're getting overseas where it's like mm-hmm. this extra plug in on Disney Plus and it's got all the Fox stuff like Logan yeah. and like uh-huh. all that stuff. I'm hoping we get that in the U.S. sometimes. Well, um, here's the make- thing. Isn't it basically our version of Hulu? Because I don't believe that they have access to Hulu in those other places, but that that would require us to also subscribe to another ser- streaming service. So I don't have Hulu. So I-, I was really hoping that we would get like some kind of plug-in naturally with that. But, of course, if they're going to make more money off Hulu because they own Hulu, why not just put all the more mature stuff on there, which is what their uh, line of thinking seems to be at this point. Yeah, I am a subscriber of Hulu, but I'm always looking for a reason to uh, unsubscribe because <laughs> um, it is, you know, extra expense. And like, you know, I don't use it as much as I use Disney Plus. Um, plus, I like just everything being under one roof. And I think ultimately, like most of these movies, like you're talking about Spider-Man movies, like I own most of the Spider-Man movies. Like I can watch them whenever I want. But I still like, man, it'd really be nice just to have them on Disney Plus so I could just watch them, you know, like, because, like, it's so convenient. Just, like, pop in Disney Plus, any device you're on, and just play it or download it or whatever. It's really easy, Um, even though I own it. I don't have to worry about that. If I want to watch Spider-Man Far From Home, it's right there. But, uh, you know, it's going to be nice to have, like, almost the full MCU on Disney Plus because they still don't have Incredible Hulk. And that's universal, and they'll probably never get the rights to that. But uh, you know, still, it's uh, one step closer to to uh, where it should be. Mm-hmm. 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 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, we might have a little bit of uh, breaking news here. Um, oh, really? Actually, yeah. According to, I mean, this is from comicbook.com. There's been a sighting of uh, Oscar Isaac on a set of Moon Knight for Disney Plus. So, oh, Ryan, what we're talking about? I, did you see those that video of him like working out and doing his like routine? No. Now they never like, even confirmed him as Moon Knight, right? Like that's not even official. I'm right. I, thought it was official <laughs> i thought they what didn't they get uh it wasn't oscar isaac and then they got the villain as uh what's his name i don't know why i say want to say kevin bacon it's not kevin bacon it's the other guy that kind of reminds me of him <laughs> i i'm gonna have to look this up but uh, i'm pretty sure he's in there but now maybe they're filming it but then there was like a video if you look online there's a video of him training and like he's oh. like straight up like stabbing dudes in the neck and like snapping oh necks and like oh like it's brutal. Like and he's like doing it all. And so that's uh wow. Moon Knight has me really intrigued. Again, a character I know nothing about. I yeah, know, I've a read a single I've Knight. read a single I've read a single issue of Moon Knight. Um, when I first got into comics, I was a late bloomer with comics. I got into them around 2015. Um, so there, I was picking up issue number ones for like everything I could find that were coming out at the time because I think they were doing many, many of the relaunches that they commonly do at Marvel throughout the year. They have like two relaunches a year that just reset everything in the number one. So I'm like, oh, that's a good thing for me to do. I could pick up the number one and feel like I'm uh, just starting with the character. So anyway, I picked up Moon, Moon Knight number one and he was like in a like a mental institute for this iteration of, of, of the series. He was like, he started out in a mental institute, then he got out of there. But I think there's like some, at least an interpretation of the character is like some kind of Egyptian lineage or something like that um, to the character to give yeah, him power. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. Oh, wow. And, I'm watching. I'm watching. Yeah. The did you see the video? video I just see the video. <laughs> it's just pretty awesome. I, this is crazy to me because, like, I feel like this is the one project that they've been super quiet about, but yet, like, we see him literally training. So it's like, confirm the casting already. What are you waiting for? Yeah. And uh, the other actor I was thinking of was Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke oh, yeah. in this. Wow. So. That's some high. Oh, did you just see that? Oscar Isaac, like, he, like, like, stabs some guy in the neck and then he licks the blade. Like, this guy's gonna be it's like I can't well, it's wait like, for this. And, and I guess we'll kind of transition into our our uh, discussion about uh, the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, and, and WandaVision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To start off with, um, man, I wasn't expecting the Falcon Winter Soldier to be so violent because there's clearly blood, a lot, a lot of blood in this show, but there's also a lot of bone cracking, which just kind of sends a tingle down my spine as I heard oh, that yeah. moment. Like, there's a lot of killing with guns and stuff so i'm like oh this is actually going further than i expected them to go on disney plus it's it might not be quite at the level at least yet i mean we're watching this moon knight footage and it might get there of something like daredevil per se but it's a lot further than that than in the films i think we've seen for the violence so far at least to what i recollect in the last year i've rewatched everything and this definitely had more of an edgier feel than those yeah, like, you know, the whole the blood on the shield, you know, mm -hmm. them breaking Walker's arm. Like, there's some intense moments in this. 
and it's definitely a darker and more mature show than normal and, and tackling a lot of mature topics too like on top of that so like it's it's uh it really amazed me you know and the fact that like there's no like I expected there to be like a you know a TVMA like a mature mm-hmm. warning on the front of this like viewer discussion yeah. is advice and like that but like no they don't you know it's <laughs> just all part of it and like Mando got a little you know there was they cut Ooh. they cut that guy in half like there there's Dude, some intense yeah. moments in Mando but I feel like Winter Soldier really you know up the ante for like the violence and stuff like that and I'm not, I'm not complaining I'm just shocked that like. You know, Disney has this like squeaky clean like reputation. Everyone likes to make fun of like, oh, there's everything's got to be like family friendly. Uh, apparently not, because like this is like totally they're keeping everything. They're they're throwing it all out there. Like there's there doesn't seem to be like a limit. Like there's people like getting getting their skull bashed in by by by. A, by a shield like, and getting their 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 extremities snapped. Like it's intense. Yeah, so let's just get down down with this whole topic here. Let's see. What do we prefer, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier or WandaVision? Yeah, see, like, I know. It. I know people don't like to compare things sometimes. And I know they're two completely different shows. In all fairness, we shouldn't compare them. We We should just enjoy them. But that's not interesting, all right? So we're... <laughs> We're going to make things interesting and compare them. And, of course, everyone you talk to, it's fine. It doesn't matter. You know, you're going to fall one side or the other. Everyone's going to have their preferences. Um, and I'm not even sure how I'm going to answer this. But I'm going to ask you, first of all, now that we have seen both series, Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision, which do you prefer? Which did you like better, you think? Well, like you said, uh, this is comparing two different things, but if we're going to just say off the cuff without me delaying it any further, I will say I prefer WandaVision mm-hmm. because I was more surprised. I was more, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And just the overall quality of the way that it pushed um, TV forward as a whole, as a medium, I think was a lot more profound than something with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, because with WandaVision, not only was it pushing TV, but it was pushing the discussion. Um, I would show up at work uh, the day after that that episode would air, and there was a particular coworker of mine, um, and we would get into these heavy debates about what we think is going to happen in next week, and it really brought back a lot of that classic uh, water cooler discussion that I've had over the years with friends talking about Game of Thrones, and, and even Mandalorian, I, I was having a lot of discussions like that. Um, so just based off that, um, I could already say that my excitement level for that was at an all time high. Even my parents were getting involved with Blonde Division um, just simply because it's more appealing to, you know, the older generation. You're having right. the different eras of television and they were getting a kick out of that, you know, going from the 50s to the 60s. It was such a great way of framing a plot going from and celebrating nostalgia and really just paying homage in the best way they could have possibly done, just from the acting to the set design to the props to everything involved, and then having an epic, like climactic ending um, with a lot of plot twists along the way, even introducing new characters, getting into characters, uh, their psyche that we haven't got into before, which, fair enough, it, it's it's done just as well with that perspective in, in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but... 
yeah, I think it's just such a nice surprise that we got from WandaVision and just talking a little bit about uh, the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now, they were supposed to be flip-flopped, right? Right. The, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I learned today from the documentary, they are one week into filming in Czechoslovakia. They were only one week into filming there, and they had to call it quits for eight months with the pandemic. Wow. So that would have been out first, and I think that's it kind of worked out, I think, to Marvel's favor. If you yeah. ask me, I think it kind of worked out because if they would have started with Falcon Winter Soldier, that is what I expected. And that's not a bad thing. I expected over the top action of cinematic quality akin to a movie in a series to be somewhat straightforward, not too many twists and turns. A lot of things I called like the power burn, things like that, right? More more by the numbers. Um, so the fact that that WandaVision was able to come out and really take the world by storm. Um, I think that that thing was trending all the time. People on social media events um, were just talking about it all the time. And it really set the standard for how far they can go uh, with Disney plus when it's not just star Wars shows, because it's the first one out for, for Marvel. So yeah, I mean, I think it's not much of a competition in my eyes. I still really like, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, but for me, I think it just pushed TV WandaVision. It, it pushed TV um, as a whole so much in, in a much greater direction. Yeah, you, you made some great points there. I, I agree with a lot of that. I think that, I mean, yes, ultimately, two very different shows. As you know, Jesse in the chat points out, like they're they're two different genres. Like they're they're completely different. They're completely opposite ends of the spectrum. WandaVision is just you know goofy wacky you know like like sci-fi thing and like winter soldier is this very grounded gritty real you know very you know social commentary driven thing they're two completely different things but ultimately you know i enjoyed them so much both on their own and together and i think like they you know one division i have to give the edge Based on what you're saying, is that the fact that it's so, it was so different. One division was the show that like, it I like with Falcon Winter Soldier, like it's more of the same in regards to like it's more action, more you know it's it's the legacy of these characters, it's continuing this is bringing back characters. Like One Division was like, oh wow, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. I've never seen a show quite like this before, and in the year 2021. When there's been a heck of a lot of TV shows produced over the last, I don't know, 100 years or so, like to say that, to say that, like, watch WandaVision and go, like, wow, this is something special. This is something really different. I think it automatically gets the edge for that because WandaVision was so innovative. And I think you're right that it, it starting with that, I think, set the tone so perfectly for these Marvel shows and for Disney Plus in general, just the fact of that. It was like, okay, expect the unexpected. You're expecting like an MCU movie. This is not. One division wouldn't fit into an MCU movie. It would not work. Falcon Winter Soldier, you could mic that break that up. You you could make, you know, a good, you know, I don't know, five hour movie or something like that on it. Like, you know, it would be a lot longer than Justice League, but uh you could put it into a movie and it would work. This one division was com is completely outside the box thinking, and it deserves all the credit in the world for that. But I will say that I think as a MCU fan, as someone who has grown to love so many of these characters and someone who is especially invested in the story of Captain America 
and Sam Wilson being one of my favorite Marvel characters overall, I think that I, I, I've got to say Falcon Winter Soldier is my favorite because it just it gave me oh. everything that I wanted. Going into this, I'm like, I want like this good, you know, maybe an origin story for Captain America. I want some introspective stuff with Bucky and Sam. I want to know more about them. And I want them to develop the relationship. And I got all that. Like literally it hit hit, it hit everywhere. I'm not saying it's perfect because there is some weird things going on with the Flag Smashers. There's some writing problems in there all over the place. But ultimately, Falcon or Soldier really hit me in the feels. And, you know, the social commentary on that I think was wasn't expected and totally apt and totally just extremely well done. But, uh, you know, I think the fact that we're having this discussion and we both came up with different answers just goes to show how great these shows are like how wonderful because just like the mandalorian and i've said this more than once about mandalorian that like we're looking back now like oh we got two fantastic seasons like that show is like it's like one of the most beloved things in star wars now it still could have sucked like i was thinking like what if mandalorian like before we saw it like what if this is not good what if this is just like cheap star wars what if it's not and it wasn't it's completely on par with the films if not better in some cases like mandalorian is a phenomenal show but uh it didn't work out and it could have been the same like this it could have been especially with the mcu that like with mandalorian we haven't seen any of those characters besides luke skywalker like in a movie so like you can kind of like get around that and say like, oh, this feels different because it's different characters. Like these are characters from the movies, Wanda, Vision, Sam, Bucky. They're all characters that we've seen before mm-hmm. in a live action feature films, multiple ones. And it would feel weird if it was like if it felt cheap, if it felt like it was, oh, this is supposed to be this is on TV show budget or whatever. It never feels like that. It, it always the the qualities there, the writings there, everything's firing on all cylinders i think both these shows are incredible and i freaking can't wait for loki now i don't know what to expect there but it's gonna be great because i love both these shows yeah and i do want to piggyback off your off your thoughts with the social commentary and falcon and winter soldier i think that was really profound and it needed to happen especially with Mm -hmm. having uh, a black captain america um and it just coincided with everything going on in 2020 and, and beyond with everything which is really timely with how that was coming up. I thought that was fantastic, really was. And you're right, like diving in deeper to those characters, seeing Winter Soldier, seeing Bucky struggle with somebody that was brainwashed to just assassinate these people and having to go back and make amends, having to go back and and what do you do with somebody like that, right? Like you don't see that often in, in any of fiction, right? You have characters like Anakin Skywalker, they're dying as they get redeemed. Same thing with Ben Solo. They're dying as they get redeemed. What happens when somebody gets redeemed and they live? Like, yeah, I think that's almost more interesting, like seeing what these characters do um, to earn that redemption, to be able to uh, go back and try to fit in with a world where they're not fighting all the time. And that was another huge thing about Falcon and Winter Soldier that I appreciate is especially that first episode. It's like people complain, oh, my gosh, it's. It's spinning its wheels. They're they're doing stuff where they're not <laughs> fighting. What what's going on here? They're just at a at a boat and they're trying to fix it. I think that's great because we've been seeing them doing nothing but fighting all the time, and that's the glory of having long form, uh, cinema storytelling, uh, cinematic storytelling is being able to slow down, 
meet uh you know meet sam's uh sister and meet his uh nephews and then see what life is like and seeing that hey these guys aren't even getting paid like this is crazy it's not a plot line that i ever thought i would imagine watching but being able to sit in front of the tv every friday and and see stuff like this come to light it just adds more layers to the characters and really grounds it in reality way more than the movies for sure yeah you because like i've heard a lot of those complaints too like oh it was it was too long they took like i want it all at once or this could have just been a movie like why it have to be so drawn out like you don't you, you you can't do what Falcon Winter Soldier did with a two and a half hour movie or even a three hour movie. Like I think the strength of both WandaVision and this show, especially this one, is like it, it takes its time with the characters and it 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 helps them grow. And you can see, you know, genuine growth with both Sam and Bucky through these six episodes. And it would have been really hard to like portray that in, you know, two hours or less. I think the strength of this is the fact that you get time to just sit around with the characters and just hear them talk and hear them talk to these things. And what's interesting about like just Sam's journey to be Captain America, like we see him at the end of Endgame and he gets the shield. And if he had shown up, like fast forward to him showing up in that building with the Captain America suit and he's got mm-hmm. the shield, like you could just cut to that. People would have accepted it. People would have said, Hey, we love Sam already, and Cap chose him, and Steve wants it to be Captain America, so he's Captain America now. No one would have balked at that idea, but it's the fact that they took the time to go back and go, no, Sam is having second thoughts about this. Sam is not totally on board with this idea because of all these things, because of the racial issues, because of you know his personal connection to Steve and whatever. Giving him time to actually earn the shield, to actually go out and you know, not just through punching people, but like, you know, the great scene with, with Carly, you know, in, in I think it's the third last episode where he just goes in to talk and, mm-hmm. you know, and like totally like he's not just this guy. He's a different kind of cap. You know, Steve Rogers had a good heart, but he also, yeah, he could punch people really hard and, and make them understand. Sam's not like that. He's different. I love that. I love that he's not the strongest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. He's the smartest one in the room. He's the one that, I mean, basically turns into a therapist in the whole scene on the street where he's just like talking to those politicians. And it's like, no, you've got to do something like this. Like, no, oh, this, man. Is, this is what Captain America should be. He's not about punching. He's about standing in the middle of the street and going, you stupid politicians, you need to yeah. fix your mess. This is what Captain America is about. This is literally the moment where I believe this guy was Captain America. That Absolutely. was incredible. And, and Stephen Schinder in a chat actually said that's the best dialogue out of any of the shows that I have to agree with really him. Is. That was a profound moment of excellence on on um, Anthony Mackie's part. Um, also, I'll keep referencing. I'm happy because I just watched this before we're talking about it, So I feel like I have more, more knowledge coming <laughs> from just watching it more recently. But the the documentary that the showrunner of the writer of the show had like a several hour conversation with Anthony Mackie over the phone going back and forth over that last speech um, and, and trying to get that speech wow. just right where Anthony Mackie, every word in that speech, he believed wholeheartedly 
he had the passion you could see it in the performance and that thing was amazing so yeah it's 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 good looking back in hindsight in the last 30 minutes before i got on here because there's a lot of little elements that i was able to glean <laughs> that are that are useful right now but yeah that was that was an amazing moment for sure um we gotta also mention the antagonist i'm not even gonna say she's a villain but Aaron Kellyman, first off, I was so shocked when I seen her show up because I don't know how I missed it, but I had no idea she was going to be in the show. I was like, it's F.S. Nest and she's got a mask <laughs> and she behaves just like F.S. Nest because she's kind of like that Robin Hood character who is stealing from the rich and giving to the poor from a certain degree. The way that, again, I, I said this before about how all the uh, the recent properties of Marvel are dealing with the blip as this flashpoint in the timeline where every every character post of that event is dealing in some way with this and now you're seeing these refugees they lived in certain areas and now the people are coming back and pushing them back out and you have this overseer uh new world order essentially that is divvying up the surplus and and not doing so well with how they're distributing everything and you see how she starts off as like okay i can kind of get where she's going with this about how she's really trying to rally up these free people and fight against the oppression and whatnot but the way she's doing it by the end is just so wrong. You know, just using violence. There's a there's a certain thing about villains in a story for the most part. It's like they believe themselves to be doing the right thing. Um, and then they just keep going further and further down a dark path. And that violence just leads them down a road where they can't be redeemed. As soon as you start using violence in a, in a way to gain that kind of thing, you start looking into power lust. And then next thing you know, you can't. You can't come back from that, and and that's how I felt by the end of the by the end of the series. I said, "This somebody has to take her out." I hate to say it, but she's got to go. There's no way else. She's yeah. she's reluctant about anything. And there was that one point, another great moment in the show when when Sam is talking to her and she's almost about to step off the ledge, and then of course, uh, John comes in and just ruins everything like he usually does in this show. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, Carly ended up being this tragic character that someone who was, you know, radicalized and and had a good and just thing. And ultimately, like, it was Sam's speech, but also her death that kind of spurred on to not go through with it. And, And she basically got what she wanted. And, you know, you know, and was kind of prophetic when she said, like, hey, hey, I can... I don't have to live through this to get what I want, basically. And she does, but the way she's doing it and all this kind of stuff, and she just becomes this, you know, wrecking ball of of rage towards the end. And and it's sad because I, I would have loved to have seen like more of her. I think Aaron Kellerman is great. But I agree with you. I think that was probably the only the, the likeliest and probably the only outcome was her dying. Um, of course, very interesting that uh, Sharon was the one to do it, and uh, Sharon's pack, and uh, she's the power broker. A lot going on there, again, and the fact that I, we didn't even talk about it. They confirmed Captain America 4. <laughs> That's happening. With, oh, with, yeah. So uh, we are getting a follow-up to this, in, in case you weren't aware, um, because a lot of people are talking about, oh, what if uh, – where are we, we going to get a season two or whatever? Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, Malcolm Spellman who, who showrun this is going to be, I think, writing the new Captain America yeah, 4. Yeah, the same, the same writer, showrunner I just mentioned about on the phone for hours. That like That's the kind of guy you want to have writing the, the next movie. It's, it's kind of cool that they're giving a break to – 
the other guys that have been so so great with all of the Marvel stuff. Um, Russo the Russo brothers, brothers yeah, right? The Russo yeah, brothers yeah. did most of it. Um, at least a few of the the Captain America movies. So it's nice they're spreading the love around and given given this guy who I believe really pro- proved himself with this this show that he could easily take on a movie because he basically just did a six hour six hour film at the most part. Um, I, but yeah, I, that's exciting. I totally I love the Russo brothers. I love everything they did with the MCU, but I'm glad they're gone for now. I'm glad they can just go off and do other things and let other people come in and shake these characters and like, you know, think about. I mean, like the Captain America's whole trajectory has been shaped by them since Winter Soldier, um, pretty much. So like, I love the fact that now Sam's in the thing and we can go to a different place. And, you know, and see where, you know, st- cover things that we haven't covered before. I think Falcon Red Soldier did that already. It, it, in spades, it just went all out in, you know, giving us something we'd never seen before and taking the Captain America character, the mantle, if you will, to a place that I really didn't think of. Like, I knew it would be a challenge, but I didn't know there would be, like, this much, like, social commentary and like looking back on it, it's like of course of course you can't just you can't just give sam the shield and just act like it's mm-hmm. normal because that wouldn't be normal in the real world that would be an issue and you know i love that you know i think stan lee if you're still with us he would be so happy with this because he always used the comics as a way to send messages and you know stand up for what's right and this is following right into that footsteps. Oh man, and and I definitely want to spend a little bit of time talking about John Walker, aka the U.S. agent. This guy again. I love where they took him. Yeah, this was the opposite of Aaron Kellerman's character. Like, I really hated this guy, especially in the middle of the show. <laughs> and then he has that triumphant moment at the end when he like gets the car or the, the whatever the vehicle and pulls it back and. You actually started caring for him. I actually started caring for this character. And in episode five, I was like, this guy's got to go. And they actually did enough development and layered the character enough to actually make him empathetic, even after he's killed somebody, because he has that great moment in that courtroom when he's going to be court martial or not court martial, but like basically taken out of the military. And he had the right idea. It's like, you made you made me like this, like this. Right. wasn't really all my own volition like i had to kill all these people in my life and and i have that one mistake and you're actually going to take all this away from me my pension all of this isn't right so it, there was something more about him after that moment and i can't wait to see this guy's adventures next i really liked seeing him team up with with uh winter soldier and falcon at the end there i think that was just a a moment where i was like pump my fist like yeah i actually really want this to happen and it's happening yeah it would have been so easy and to be honest so lazy of them to just like have him show up and be angry and be evil and just lean into that and just like either him coming out the other side as a true villain or just dying which would have been even worse like i love that he has his heroic moment he's still not right He's he's U.S. agent. He's wearing a black suit. He's working for some really shady lady. Like you know, there there's stuffs about to go down, and he's not in the right. He's still making some some bad decisions. 
but he still has the right he still has good intentions and ultimately like him in the finale proving like working with Bucky and Sam and then you know saving that bus full of people like you know it showed that like he does still there's still some John Walker left there's still like a good guy deep down inside of him and it makes it all the more complicated when down the line what is he going to be I don't know like is he you know we got Captain America 4 coming up who's going to be the villain will it be U.S. agent? Will he be an ally? You know, which will he way? Which way will he go? That's an interesting question. The fact that they leave mm-hmm. him on this, you know, uneasy path of like, well, he's he's not a really good guy, but he's not really yeah. a bad guy either. Yeah, that's super interesting. I feel really bad for the character because I feel like he's heading in a in a position. You know, you know, he meets with Val. Uh, which is a great cameo, by the way, because we got this right. cameo r- report. Oh, there's going to be a huge cameo. I'm sitting there watching, like waiting for a big character to show up and it ends up being the lady from Seinfeld. I was like, oh, that's not what I expected. But that's pretty <laughs> cool anyway. Uh, so she's putting together the team and she is basically like the Nick Fury, I think, of the bad guys. And 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 there is a rumor that she was actually supposed to show up in Black Widow first. So whether or not she's still in Black Widow, maybe we'll learn a little bit more about her. But Judging from the comics, she is apparently Madam Hydra. Whether or not she becomes Madam Hydra in the MCU is still up to debate. But she's also in cahoots with Baron Zemo, which definitely another character I want to talk about for a little bit. But first, I think what could happen is Baron Zemo in the comics creates something called the, the Thunderbolts, which is like a, a, a team that is going up against the Avengers. Basically, it's like analogous to the Avengers on the bad guys. Right. Um, so he's he's on the raft, which has an unlimited amount of bad people on the raft he can recruit. <laughs> and he was in charge of, you know, basically detonating the rest of the, of the super soldiers that were trying to retreat. So I could see cap four being all those guys up against, against uh, Falcon and, and maybe even others, or maybe that's the next Avengers movie is have an entire team of characters versus one another, almost like civil war, but there won't be anything like in the end where they all get back together, like it's going to be for blood this time kind of thing. Right. That's going to be like how that builds up and like the concept of like having a someone take over the like the mantle of a established character and then go on to besmirch that, you know, legacy with Steve Rogers. Like there's there's interesting stuff to be done there in regards to like, what if there's, you know, darker versions of characters we've already seen and have us agent and Baron Zemo. And, you know, I don't know. I think, uh, uh I think if I heard correctly, I remember them saying, uh, abomination is coming back. Like they got, Oh Tim yeah. Roth. That's happening. Yeah. So like, there you go. So like what, what could happen there? And like, you know, building up this like team of villains, which we probably like, really haven't really seen in the MCU before. Like we, you know, we got hints at the Sinister, Sinister Six, but nothing too concrete. So like, I love the idea of like maybe, maybe there isn't an Avengers team. Maybe you know, the Avengers are just kind of like in the past, and these villains step out to be like, hey, we're the Avengers now. We're the guys that are gonna save the world, but they're not really gonna save the world. Nope, definitely not. So. Um, it was nice, like I said, seeing Baron Zemo and seeing a different side of this villain. He actually gets the purple mask this time. And, oh, and yeah. throughout the series, throughout the series, I was just I don't know if he's going to be continuing to help them. Is he going to run away and cause more trouble? 
and he's got a certain kind of charisma to him. Like he's able to really use his words and his actions without violence to get what he wants. Like he does with the candy with the kids to get the information and all the other guys are running around banging her heads, trying to get that info. And he's just very smooth with what he knows. And we actually see his lineage of how he comes from a very rich family. He has all this wealth and his connections to the underworld. So again, we're seeing so much development in this character that was still one of the best villains in civil war um, in the entire MCU. Um, because he's, again, he's one of those characters where if you look at him from that perspective, yeah, he's just trying to get vengeance for his family that was just massacred, his people massacred in this terrible event, and the only people he can really blame for that are the are the heroes that were there. So um, it just amplifies his character even more by having him in this series, giving him, you know, a six-hour series to really build out his character, and now we'll get to see where he shows up. And I think, you know, kind of, closing things up on this discussion a little bit here is just i think what the series does really well is sets up so many things in the future like we just were talking about the thunderbolts and you have multiple storylines like hey can sharon carter as the power broker can she show up anywhere actually and who the heck was she talking to on the phone was she talking to (laughs) val zemo completely other villain like she's not up to any good that's for sure. She's got her privileges back and I guess shield all her clearances. It's like, okay, some havoc is going to happen now. Yeah, exactly. And like the fact that Sam is the one that got her the pardon and like made that happen. And like that could cast out on him, like finding out that like, there's a lot that's going to go down in Captain America four. And I think, Turning Sharon Carter into a villain, I did not expect at all. Um, I'm very happy with it because, like, she's a character that, like, she was in Winter Soldier, but she did kind of nothing. And then she was in Civil War, and she kind of did kind of (laughs) nothing. Like, now she's actually, like, an interesting character. Like, she's there, and she wasn't just brought on for some cheap romance that doesn't go anywhere either. Uh, I'll just throw that out there. So, like, I, I love that. I love where they're going with her. I think I can't wait for Zemo to come back. I can't wait for John Walker. I love that all these characters, minus Car- Carly, are still out there. They're still in play, and they quite, you know, will definitely come back at some point to wreak some havoc at some point. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we covered all the Marvel stuff, I think. But there is... One other thing that I think we should talk about, and it's actually going to be one of our bigger discussions tonight. And so I went to the theater the other day <gasps> for the first time in 14 months. Whoa. It's been a while. How did it feel? Oh, it was great. It was so good just to do it again. And... So I saw Godzilla versus King Kong. I I saw it finally. It's been a few weeks. It's been out for a few weeks. I've heard it's been doing very good. Um, and I figured, why not? Why not do a little mini review of it tonight on the show? Before we jump into the big, big stuff. Um, we're gonna, you know, do a little discussion on this. And my ultimate goal here, and I've already discussed this with Zach, that I want to do like a we're going to do like a whole arc. Like we'll devote an episode to the original Godzilla. We'll put an episode to King of Monsters and Kong Skull Island. We'll do all those. 
Um, but for right now, tonight, we're going to talk about Godzilla vs. King Kong. And, and this is kind of spurred on by the fact that also we've got uh, apparently Adam Wingard, who directed this movie, is going to be coming back for a sequel. And so the, what happened was, and I read into this a little bit, is that Godzilla King of Monsters did not do very well at the box office. And so they kind of used Godzilla versus Kong as a wrap-up movie and said, hey, okay, this is this is this might be the end of this franchise that, you know, it's not making us money, so we're gonna we're gonna start over with something else. But then Godzilla versus Kong comes along and it blows the box office wide open, one of the biggest openings and one of the biggest movies of the past year. And so extremely successful. And maybe that's due to the fact that like people haven't are finally able to get out to the theaters and like watch a movie, but I think it also has to do with the fact that it was a really strong movie, a really great movie. It was a lot of fun. So Son of Kong, as it's supposed to be titled, could be coming in the near future. Um, and we'll see how that goes. But Adam Wingard seems to be keeping busy with the with the MonsterVerse, and the MonsterVerse will continue on at least for another little while. But uh, Chris, you saw this one, right? Godzilla vs. Kong? I did. Yeah, that was a really fun experience. I, I also seen it in a theater in Brooklyn, um, yes. went there and then there's like some food and everything that I was able to have while I was sitting there. So I was having a heck of a time. And it was just you, you got to see a movie like that in the theater, because honestly, yeah. these two gigantic titans to see them on a gigantic screen with that kind of sound system that you can't get at home. Definitely worth checking out. Um, in person for sure. And I've seen all the other movies. You know, there's four in this series so far, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, this thing, it starts off with a bang. And I enjoyed it for the most part. Like, like, I, see, here's the thing with movies like this and Mortal Kombat, which I've seen over the last weekend. <laughs> I temper my expectations. Um, I keep them okay. I, I go into the movie thinking, Okay, I've seen previous Godzilla movies. I know that the plot and the human characters, uh, they're not going to make a lot of sense and they're going to be pretty poor with dialogue and stuff like that. I- I'm not going there for that. This is not my Oscar caliber ca- contestant, you know. But as far as the action, I got what I wanted for sure. Like this was one hell of a romp through various locations. Uh, the mm-hmm. cinematography was great. Uh, the cinematics were great. I mean, you, you watch the trailers, you know what to expect. It's it's really something that is there to wow you. And these are two big monsters that we've been waiting for to fight for a long time. I believe that these characters were in a movie back in probably the 50s or 60s or something like that, right? Were they originally in a movie before? Yeah, no? I think so. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, so, but, I mean, you've you seen the trailers, there's a lot of lead up to it. The scenes were great as far as the way they're set up. And you have fights that are in the middle of an ocean on aircraft carriers. And I was going into this thing thinking that Godzilla, there's no way Godzilla can lose, right? Like, why would I root for the monkey? This this monkey, all he has is brute strength. Like, how is it going to contend with a Godzilla that can blast radiation out of its mouth and just range this guy from a long distance? And... It was really compelling how they introduced Kong and the elements of him having those interactions with other humans and especially the deaf girl who was able to use sign language. Like you actually see how intelligent Kong is 
And the fact that he's actually got that connection with the humans, I actually was rooting for Kong pretty early on in the movie after I started seeing how that was developing. So to see that attachment to that character, to see the journey that the character went on added a lot more to to the overall fight and, and, and what I had for like my expectations by the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, so I, I should preface my thoughts by saying that I haven't, I've only seen uh, Kong Skull Island. So I haven't seen any of the Godzilla movies. And so going into this, my most of my experience has been with Kong. And I will say that, you know, like my experience is obvi- obviously shaped by my lack of experience with Godzilla. Um, and but like still, I think like most of the time these movies should work as standalone movies for the most part. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not saying this is a huge flaw with the movie, but, like, I think this movie just by itself, definitely you sympathize more with Kong than you do with Godzilla. To me, that's just my take. And so, like, just the fact of, like, he has the connection with the little girl, which is great. You know, I've always, I've heard the criticism, like, oh, the human characters suck. Like, I thought the human characters, like, most of the human characters, yeah, they're pretty basic, like, some are good, some are bad, like their thing. But like the the core ones, I think, especially the little girl was was great. Like, I don't know the actress's name that that played the little girl, but like she's fantastic. Like she carried the movie, and like just the whole her whole connection with Kong and her performance, and it really made you feel for Kong. And you know, Kong is the underdog through most of this movie. Like the opening scene, like you said, they're on an aircraft carrier, and, I, and it's something I didn't even consider until I watched the movie. Like, well, dang, like Kong can't swim. Like he can't yeah. just like jump around. Like he has to like skip across like a couple ships that was and so like cool. And like Godzilla like, has the he can just swim around, no big deal. And like Kong is the one that's thing, but like it's so great. Like the limited stuff you do get, like with them, just like both of them on the aircraft carrier, and Kong takes a swing at him. Like it's so good. Oh, man. And yeah, I love this stuff, too, going inside the core of of the world. Yeah, I wasn't Um, expecting any of that. That was cool. Because that's one of the moments I really enjoyed about or pretty much the entire movie worth of of Kong Squilin is I like those going to new places, seeing different kind of creatures and seeing how the world was like upended with the gravity. I thought that was such a cool effect, like Kong jumping so high off the mountain and then like flopping to the other side of the, of the gravity well, and then just like arriving in that place and just ripping off that creature's head and just drinking its blood, whatever he was doing. <laughs> like it was just, there's moments like that are, that are just so over the top, but they work well for what this thing is all about. You know, I know, I know it was, it's really like, I think the, the, the visuals were incredible the the action was great. I think the sense of scale was was great with with yeah. Kong, and like getting to see like a different part of the world and getting something you've never seen before. It's like the the center of the earth, hollow earth. Like I I had heard about that through like the lore and stuff like that, but I didn't expect it to be explored in this movie. And they explore it fully, and it's really cool, and used in a really ingenious way, I think. And but uh you know, and I like that like you know. Ultimately, when it comes down to that, you know, that, that last fight, it's 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 great. R.I.P. Hong Kong, by the way. <laughs> that place gets wrecked. 
Yeah, really. I mean, that was such a cool design with the neon in the background. You see Kong with the with the hammer, the axe, just swinging that around. Nice. Wasn't that a big misdirection? I think in a trailer he's using a a tree, and it's at it's during the day. Am I correct in saying that? I believe that's that's what happened, and they totally just like swapped it. Maybe I know he uses a tree in Kong Skull Island. I think maybe I'm not sure, but there's it's... a lot of misdirection in the trailer. I know for a fact because like there's there's stuff that's just like you know like blatantly like they were trying to set this up and and it wasn't it wasn't like there's one shot where like. There's like a span up, a like a back view of like Kong looking at Godzilla and Godzilla yeah. standing near the edge oh, yeah. of the water. And like it's from the end of the movie. Like like two more seconds you'd see Godzilla just like walk away into the into the water. Oh, yeah. But like it was portrayed in the trailer like, oh, they're gonna face off now and it's Godzilla versus Kong. Like, it's just great. That's the thing, right? Is they cut these all up and, and sometimes you see you know, a show like like Mandalorian and you're like, oh, wow, I've only seen the first like four episodes. The rest of it is not in the trailers. This would be great. And then you see something like this, like five seconds before the movie ends. Oh, there is one of the scenes. <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> but uh, it, really, it, just, it was just a fun movie. Like it was a really fun movie. It's not anything groundbreaking. It's, it's not no. the best movie of the year, but it's a fun movie. And I think for a versus movie which in and of itself we haven't had a, a great track record with those i'm just being honest Batman v <laughs> Superman. i know a lot of people love it and that's fine yeah. i don't care but you know they can be i don't know they can be a bit much it's like oh it's versus and you know it's you know where it's going you know they're gonna team up to fight some big bad villain exactly you know? In Superman, Batman v Superman, it was Abomination. In this one, it was it was Mecha Godzilla. Everyone saw it coming, but it was still great. It was still like you know the whole idea of like humanity and why Godzilla was was attacking them and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then Mecha Godzilla like totally wiping the floor with Godzilla, which I didn't expect. Um, but like, just it really overall a really fun you know thrilling ride and mm -hmm. you know it's only about two hours like it's not a hugely long movie and I, I appreciated that i appreciated the fact that it's just like okay one and done like it's not thing where you know you came you came here to see a big lizard and a big monkey fight we're gonna give it to you pretty much i mean some of the storylines the characters like millie bobby brown like that whole thing didn't even need to be there i feel like like just that <laughs> whole storyline of just like because that was the thing. There wasn't really much character development in any of the human characters. Like, like they, some of them just were there. And it was just like, oh, cool. They're going on a road trip, going to this place where there's no guards around. They could just go anywhere. <laughs> I feel like Millie, Millie Bobby Brown needed to be there for, like, the, the Godzilla point of view. Like, you had, like, you know, you had to have humans on both sides of the conflict uh... and, like, rooting for them. And like you know, like there was clear like you had the mu you you had the little girl and and her family like her mom um like on Kong's side. I think you had Millie Bobby Brown there to like okay, this is someone who sympathizes with Godzilla and is there to like say, you know, to say those lines about oh well you're doing this you know Godzilla's not the bad guy you're doing this and that's why he's attacking uh, us. Yeah, um, true. I don't think it was as well done as. It could have been because, again, I, I didn't sympathize with Godzilla all that much. 
and again, I haven't seen Godzilla King of the Monsters. I this was my first experience with her character, so like I didn't have that connection, and I I didn't sympathize with her, even though like clearly like she is invested in Godzilla. She's had a history with this character, um, so like I think she was just like, okay, it's it's the Avengers of the MonsterVerse, so she's got to be in it because she was in the last movie, so whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I think it could have probably been done better, but like very nitpicky at this point. I think it was fine. Other than that, yeah, I I feel like <laughs> not to lead more credence to this whole movement, there could be um, a Wingard cut of. Godzilla versus Kong out there. Because... Release the Wingar cut. <laughs> Seriously, because I, I was like, what's going on here? Because there's one scene in the beginning of well, in the beginning of the movie, they show the credits for the actors. I was like, oh, Lance Reddick, the guy that was in one of the other movies and the guy that does a voice for a character in the Destiny video game is in this. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see his character. Where is he? I was like waiting the whole movie for this guy. And he shows up for literally one line. I was like, how does he get acting credit like in the beginning of the movie, like big font? And he shows up for one line. I was like, it was something that wasn't even profound. I was like, oh, Godzilla is here or something like that. It was like, what? Like They got this guy to say that. Like, So that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I really like the actor. I was like, oh, man, like he wouldn't have signed on for this if it was for for one line. And And I think there's at least... I did read an article like there was a it got cut and then the whole sequence where where Kong is I thought it was mind blowing first off when they blocked off all of Kong Skull Island like with the metal and they were like observing it that was mind blowing in the beginning of the movie like oh my gosh they they quarantined off this entire huge island with these metal walls this is crazy and then they just fast forward to Kong being on the ship I'm like, I really would have liked to seen them go in there and like try to like tranquilize him. And I'm sure he wouldn't have let him get off that easy with doing it. You know, I think that could have been like a really cool sequence to have in there. And I feel like that probably got cut if there was something in there. I feel like I missed something. Did I miss something in regards to like they talk about the storm on the island and like they've got Kong in like this like containment area on the island is was there something else in the movie or like what happened to Skull Island that like it's not livable for Kong anymore? Oh, really? I see. I missed that part then too because I didn't even know about the storm. And yeah, I, I, I heard she she said, oh, yeah, we've had this thing going since since the storm started. And I was like, what oh. is the storm? What's what's going on there? And like every time they cut to the island, it's like it's raining and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And then like, I mean, it's Skull Island for crying out loud. It's not the best place in the world, but like it's where it's it's like the whole idea is that Kong can't stay on the island. He has to go someplace else. I'm just curious, like, they never explain, like, what's going on there. If someone in the audience knows the answer to this, please tweet at me, at Ben Harworth. No, he explained to me what's going on here, because uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I thought maybe I missed something in another movie, but maybe not. But we have, right now, another person joining us. Another person, would you like to make yourself known? I think everyone knows who you are anyway. I don't even have to yep. introduce you. I mean, it would be a pretty lucky guess, perhaps. Considering, I recognize that voice. Considering how long it's been since I've been on my own damn show, it's about time you guys remember who I am. I'm back, bitches! <laughs> <laughs> What's up? How's what it is, going, man? 
All right, so it's good that you showed up now because we've been talking about Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, and I know, I know, we've got some stuff to talk about. We will talk about it. I haven't given anything away. All right, I've I've kept everything. Thank you. We'll, we'll, We'll reveal it. Thank you. But we've got Godzilla versus Kong. Um, Chris and I have both kind of given our our our, our first impressions because I finally went back to the theater and I saw it, and yes. we've all seen it. We all oh, there's a new movie in town and we've all seen it. What kind of magic is this? Whoa! Um, what did you think of Godzilla vs Kong? It's like 2019 all over again. We're we're seeing yeah. movies in the theaters and then getting on our podcasts and talking about them. Oh my god, it's so amazing. Um. You know, originally I didn't go into this movie with very high expectations because it's it's a monster movie. There's buildings, there's destruction, there's a lot of hard-hitting explosions kind of thing. But, I mean, other than that, you really can't have, like, super high expectations for something like this. And it basically exceeded all of my hopes, all of my expectations. Everything that I wanted from a monster movie... I got everything that I wanted from uh, like a, a, a distraction point of view, something that I just wanted to like take me out of the world for a couple of hours. This movie did that. And, and I, at times I found myself rooting for Godzilla and at times I found myself rooting for Kong. And that's really cool because like, there's a lot of other movies out there that are like, Oh, I'm team cap or I'm team Iron Man or I'm team Batman or I'm team Superman. But I was just like team good movie, you know? And, and, <laughs> In my opinion, this was a really good movie. It is probably the best one of the MonsterVerse. Um, I wouldn't say by far because I really enjoyed King of the Monsters as well. But I, I think it's the best movie of the MonsterVerse. And it sets itself well to either be, be like the, the final chapter of this universe where they all live, quote unquote, happily ever after. Or it could open things up for more stuff. And, you know, I read an article not too long ago and and discussed it on Fandom News Now last night that, you know, there could be a Son of Kong movie that gets made that's also set in this universe. And I found myself excited about that. So I I don't know. I guess this is just like the hype movie that I've been waiting for uh, for like a year now. And uh, it, it delivered on just about every front that I could want from it. Yeah. I, I think we we kind of uh, I think we're all on the same page here. I think it was a really fun movie. You know, yes, it's been a while since we've been in a the theater watching a big movie, yeah. so that, that helps the experience. But still, it was a lot of fun. Like it's a it's a fun movie, and it's you know it's it 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 does what you want it to do, which is give us a big fight, but also give us the things. And even some of the human characters, like I was saying earlier, I think I really connected with and made it worthwhile because I think some people, the, the reigning opinion seems to be like, Oh, cut out the human characters. We only see the thing. Like I, I get why the human characters are there. And I think like the little girl's story, I think was, was great. That's a whole interesting thing that they did with there. And then like introducing Kong sign language. Like there's so many little things that I love oh, about yeah. this movie that like really like up the ante and develop these characters and you know made you sympathize with everyone i i would agree to that yeah i mean i i i personally am a fan of millie bobby brown uh, particularly from stranger things and -hmm. she gets way more lines in this one and then her her buddy her counterpart was like a uh 
co-star slash supporting actor on Deadpool 2. And yep. so I was like, oh, my God, I know that kid. So, you know. Oh, wow, it, that was him. I didn't even, it didn't even dawn on me. He's also yeah. in Hunt for the Wilder People, too. What's that? Hunt for the Wilder People. It's a Taika Waititi movie from way back. Oh, okay. It sounded like one of those B movies that I watch sometimes. Apparently, it's really good. I haven't seen it. Okay. But he's, he's in it with Sam Neill, so you would like it. Okay, yeah, yeah, I would like it. But, I mean, the name Hunt for the Wilder People, it sounds like somebody, like, genetically crossbred wildebeests and humans, and you got to go hunt them down before they take over the I mean, it could be. It's an Australian movie, so or New Zealand, so, like, it could be. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen in New Zealand. That's the, a weird place down there. It, that's why they call it the land Yo, weirdos! Right? I mean, well, I really shouldn't be one to talk. I'm from Texas, so... Um, the the only next weirdest state in the states would be Florida. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yeah, I'm I'm, t- I'm I live too close to Florida. Uh, seriously, dude, if you just like pick any date out of the year, type it in and then type in Florida man after that, there will be an article about like Florida man does this, Florida man does that on this date. Any day out of the year. Like y- it's you ridiculous. noticed you noticed that Godzilla attacked Pensacola, Florida. It had nothing to do with what they were doing. It was the fact that it was Florida. It was the fact Godzilla that it was like, I am sick of your crap. I'm coming am, in here, Florida. I am sick of Florida. I am getting rid of it. Yeah, basically. I wish that was... hates Florida. It's official. I kind of I wish that was the case, though. But I mean, Disney World. But Disneyland... <laughs> I don't know. I've been to night. Oh, actually, no. I've been to Disney World about twenty years ago. So mm, a lot I've, has changed. <laughs> I've never World. been, but I've got a friend who has been to like just about every major theme park and like every major Disney park, including the one in Paris. And his opinion is that Land is actually one of the better ones because they maximize their space. Like they know that they have a limited amount of space and they make the most of the space that they've got. So they're like really, really about quality and not just quantity and space and making you walk and work for it. And so uh, I I feel better about my life choices, having been to land twice and not been to world yet, but I'm working on it. Maybe that'll be like a honeymoon thing or something. I don't know. I, I highly recommend World. I've been to it way more times than Land. Um, but like the benefits of Land is like you can do it in like in one day. Like you can walk around the whole thing. Like it's uh, like easy to do. Yeah. Whereas World, it's like a whole day of walking, and you've only seen one park out of like four. Like. And, you know, it's it's crazy. Like, you, you will kill yourself trying to see everything. Like, it takes, like, a week to see everything. I've been there, like, I don't know, at least a dozen times. I haven't seen everything yet. So, like, you know, it's it's just oh, the way it geez. is. That's, that's scary. Um, going back to the to the word world, though. Yeah, that like, was a really side sidetrack point. Yeah, yeah, we got, we got way Godzilla up. attacks Florida, then Disneyland. What's was better? Yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah. Uh, hey, it's a classic episode of IPC because I'm back, so Yay. I'm 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 the X factor that makes everything go sidetracked. I think really he is though. <laughs> Thanks. I, I think Son of Kong will be just Kong wrecking Disney World. Like you'll, they'll decide like which one is better. Like you know which one is he going to destroy? Let's see. 
Okay, but going to like Kong and Son of Kong, like I really appreciated the effort that this movie went to to kind of look at Kong's origins. Not just, you know, where he's living on Skull Island presently, but when they when they tried to uh like basically go to the center of the earth and like they tried to throw in some science in there that like, like oh yeah, these these um these these impressions, these geometric formations seem to indicate that maybe there is life in the center of the earth kind of thing. And it's like, what? This could be real? <laughs> like, yeah, it's a little overacted, but the the CGI that they put into that sequence when they finally make it down there was fantastic in my mind. Like, it sparked the imagination for me. I was sitting here going, whoa, this is like Planet of the Apes meets Journey to the Center of the Earth. This is awesome. And yep, that's basically what I said. <laughs> and and I just I enjoyed that aspect of it where you could see the things that it harkens to that it reminds you of. But at the same time, it's its own story. And like, I feel like they towed that line really, really well. And it made for something really creative, something really imaginative, something different. I'd never seen a movie like this before. Some of it was a little predictable. Mechagodzilla, blah, blah, blah. Like that part was a little predictable. But for the most part, I was entertained. Whether I could predict what was happening or not, I was entertained with what I saw. And maybe there's some recency bias in there. Maybe there's the fact that I haven't gone to see very many movies in the theater. Sure, you could probably attest all of those different components to that. But at the end of the day, this is a movie that I want to get on Blu-ray to put in my collection. I want to start collecting MonsterVerse movies now. I know oh, that yeah. a lot of the Godzilla movies are on HBO Max right now, but I'm a, I'm a hard copy disc kind of guy, so I'm going to get the discs eventually. And this is one that I could see myself watching over and over. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. Like, it's on HBO Max. Like, I waited to watch it in the theater, but now that it's just on HBO Max, I'm like, uh, maybe, it, maybe, I'll watch, maybe I'll watch that again. Before you're going to have to do that, like, tomorrow, my friend, because it expires, like, at the end of the week. Oh, I heard, I heard oh. that, and they're also taking away King of Monsters, too. That sucks. Why that not? really sucks. That gives me more incentive to to go and buy the discs then. But yeah, uh, apparently, like when a movie is being released simultaneously on HBO Max and in the theater, its duration is only about as long as its theater run is, and then they take it back off again. Yeah, it's well, like literally one month. I heard. Yeah, yeah so like, you won't like find days you, max. Yeah, you won't find Wonder Woman on there anymore. You won't find Tom and Jerry on there anymore. Um, I watched Judas and the Black Messiah right before they took it off. And yeah, uh, Godzilla versus Kong is about to leave as well. So if you're gonna get it, get it in soon. All right, guys. Well, I, I, we had a good show, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna take off and go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, can can we talk about the fight scene on the aircraft carrier, please? Yes. Well, we already did in great detail, but I could talk more about it. You guys already we, talked about it. Ben said that you guys talk, like, we, we didn't talk about it in great detail. I just said I liked it when Kong punched Godzilla and they both on the aircraft carrier. Say I, what you got to say. I well, I mean, yeah, I like that too, obviously. But like 
one of the things about monster movies and just like Transformers movies and Fast and the Furious movies, you know, these movies that are like really overdone, have a lot of tropes to them. You got to find something that can make it different, that makes it stand out, that makes it original. And in my opinion, this fight on the aircraft carrier is the thing that sets it apart from other monster movies. Because I, I don't recall any other monster movie, old or recent, having any kind of a fight on an aircraft carrier. This is Godzilla's element. You know, you are basically on Godzilla's home turf. And yet Kong still finds a way to hold his own. And it ends up in a stalemate. I would have expected the lizard to drown the monkey when he's sitting out over the water like that. And there was a lot of tension where they're like trying to like avoid Godzilla's known waters and how he like diverts from that when he recognizes that there's a disturbance and how Kong is getting like really agitated and nobody knows how to like sedate him or calm him down. And and like there's there's all these things that build up to that particular fight. And then the the roaring at each other, the the the, the lashing out, the getting up on the aircraft carrier and like the two of them just duking it out on a big boat. Like whoever thought of that deserves a raise because putting that on the big screen kind of just made the movie for me. Everything else was just icing on the cake, but a fight scene on an aircraft carrier, completely original and completely awesome. Yeah. This is what movies were created. Whoever invented a giant screen and projector, they were like, dude, one day there's going to be an epic scene where a giant monkey slugs a giant lizard on an aircraft carrier in the middle of the ocean. It's going to be the best thing ever. All right. This is what I'm creating this for. That's that's what that's that's the origin story of movies, by the way, just for the record. That's the, that's 100 percent fact. Yeah, that punch was epic man like i i pretty much felt that vibration in my seat just the impact the slow-mo oh, yeah boom but like like again like you have that build-up of like he's coming but kong's chained up and like they're trying to get him loose and then the thing like they flip the 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 boat and then kong flips it over again and like they're in the ship and like again like good use to like the human characters like they're trapped they're underwater and there's this incredible yep. shot where they look out and you can yep. see kong underwater and then he flips it over again like it's just like like the dynamics of that thing that's one of the like the best like i guess you could say choreographed like like giant fight scenes i've ever seen yeah man like i said that particular scene was probably my my favorite one just how well choreographed it was how well animated it was uh, it, the the integration of the human element, like even the 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 fighter jet pilots, you know, there there was uh, there was just so many different components and so many moving pieces, and yet they threw it all together really really well to the point that I was like, whoa, I'm I'm really enjoying this. My eyes were wide, my they were darting like from one corner of the screen to the other. I was glued to what was happening, and. Like, again, that's just the mark of a fun and entertaining movie is that you you don't want to get up to go to the bathroom. You don't want to get up and go get something to eat. You want to see what happens next. And again, it may be because I just hadn't been to the movies in so long. Like, I only saw one movie before going to see this one. But, you know, it just the the experience of it all 
a movie like this, like you said a minute ago, Ben, a movie like this is made for being on the big screen, and I'm so glad that I got to see it. I'm hoping to go see it again. And here's here's a little anecdote about this movie. Um, I actually missed like the last ten minutes of it. Oh, uh, oh yeah, no. yeah. I I went to go see it at this dinner theater place that's like forty five minutes from where I live. And I got supper, had it brought to me. I was enjoying that, enjoying a tall one with the bros. Um, and we get during the final fight sequence, like that that revelation when the little girl is is signing to Kong and is like, this is not your enemy, this is your enemy kind of thing. Like at that moment of truth, some dumbass pulls a fire alarm. Oh, oh no. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And we had to evacuate the entire building. Oh. And it was it was kind of late, so there was only like 20 or 30 people milling around in the concourse. Everybody else kind of decided to go home. But this is where the benefit of having movies on HBO Max comes in. Because oh, yeah. we lived like 10 minutes away. Like 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 my friend uh only lived like 10 minutes away from there, and we went up to his apartment and finished what we missed on HBO Max. That is brilliant. Oh, nice. So, like, we kind of knew how it was going to end. We kind of knew what to expect next. Like, it was coming to that point in the movie where, like, yeah, we're going to stop fighting each other and we're going to start fighting our common enemy. Like, we knew that stuff was coming. But we wanted to see how it happened. And so they gave us a free voucher to go back and watch a movie at AMC again. And I'm already a A A-list member, a Stubbs Rewards member, so I can get, you know, super discounted tickets or free tickets, and I've already got this free voucher. So um, date night in the next couple of days? I don't know. Um, Oh, yeah. As long as it's still... Mortal Kombat. No, I'm not going to go see Mortal Kombat. I'm going (laughs) to go see this movie. (laughs) Look, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm not. Go see Tom and Jerry. I'm, I, 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 this is why I sat out the video game discussion. I actually could have come on at like the tail end of that program, but this is why I sat it out. I don't think I could come up with five favorite video game characters. And that's why we did that discussion while you we were gone. And that's why you there. do that stuff without me. Absolutely. <laughs> Because, like, literally, I sent Ben a picture when he was asking me, you know, do you want to send, like, a list or something? And I was like, this yeah, was jumping... Wondering. Yeah, th- like, I sent him a picture and was like, this jumping Sonic from the McDonald's handheld video game would probably be in my top five because I don't have a five. <laughs> I practically begged him and he wouldn't do it. He just sent uh, me that picture and it's done. Like, like, seriously, I sent him that and it probably would have been, like, Reggie Bush from NCAA Football 2007. Oh, my gosh, but my friend actually put in... Um... Michael Vick from NFL. <laughs> yes, Madden. see, exactly. I only play what? enough sports games that it would be a whole bunch of athletes that are on the cover of the game. It wouldn't be like <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't be characters from Mortal Kombat. It wouldn't be characters from even Mario. Like I, I just I wouldn't have had enough to provide a decent list. But I could definitely tell you my five favorite monsters from the MonsterVerse. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's probably coming down the line. We're gonna have to do a top five monsters at some point. Yeah, I mean, I, that, I'm not kidding. That's a good. That's a good topic. That's a good that, one. That that feels that feels inevitable. Much like um, Thanos. <laughs> I am inevitable. I am inevitable. And I am 
Iron Man. Have you guys seen that edited video where they put in the the Iron Man theme song in place of the Endgame music at that time of the snap? Oh yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, pretty good. oh man, that gave me chills. Oh, and did you see uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. posted like a behind the scenes pic of like him? Because he was supposed to have a moment in Endgame like Thanos in Infinity War, where he goes into the the uh, I think it's the Soul Stone, uh-huh. and he like has a moment, and it's with Morgan, it's a like grown up Morgan Stark. Oh, and oh! He posted video from that. It's like what? him snapping his fingers, and if you go on his uh, like Twitter or Facebook or maybe both, you'll see it. I've always heard that scene existed, but like he posted like actual footage from it. Oh damn! That's crazy. That would have been nice to see, yeah. Mm, that would have been cool, but then that would have like added to an already long movie, and I needed to pee. Yeah, that it would night. have been like it would have been like three hours and two minutes instead of just three hours. Oh yeah, well, I mean, three hours is still enough. My gosh, that extra two minutes, hundred and twenty seconds of holding it in, that would have caused me to have a bladder infection. That was uh, that was real, man. That was I, I feel proud of myself for not going to the bathroom for three hours. <laughs> Some people probably just took diapers with them or something. It's like, I'm not getting up. I'm not getting up. Oh, boy, I'm going to regret that. <laughs> oh, I'm goofy when it's this late. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, it's That's where the saying saying comes from. It's getting late, guys. Yeah, it's getting it's getting late. I already did like a, a baseball game before this, and now I'm doing this on top of it. So, yeah, my voice is going to give out. And we still got like some big stuff that we need to talk about tonight. So oh, yeah. uh, maybe maybe we bring this back up on, on another episode or, or yeah. you know, go in more uh, cr- chronology, if you will. It's like uh, I told them, like I was telling you, like, you know, like, let's do a whole arc. Let's like do every movie in the MonsterVerse. And maybe maybe, you know, by the time we get around to them, there'll be even more movies. And uh, I'd love to go in depth on this one, on, on, on King of the Monsters, on the original Godzilla. Like, you know, yeah. I'd love to do that. Well, I mean, the um, the first Godzilla movie, I feel like, is more people than monsters, and it's a lot of exposition and just boring. So It'll be a short podcast. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe we, we combine a couple episodes, because we are only doing episodes every two weeks now, and we don't want to like go on for like two months talking about the same universe. That is true. That is true. So we've got, we've got maybe, maybe, we, maybe we do a, a, a combo of of some kind where we do Godzilla and like King of the Monsters and then do, you know, um, uh, Kong versus uh, Godzilla and Kong Skull Island in another episode, you know, get those two and two together where they're kind of coinciding with one another or something. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So do we, do we want to get into it now? Do we, do we just, uh, no, I mean, I, I'm, 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 I hear that there's another guest that is about five minutes out from being able to. Okay. Join us. All right. All right. We so can, we can, maybe, uh, maybe that, we that's go. A very important person we should, we should definitely wait for. Yes. Yes. I think so. Um, so maybe we go to final thoughts and, and planet scores. I think we can, we can kill time with that for five more minutes or so. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, uh, uh, Chris, you want to go first? Yeah, so overall, Godzilla vs. Kong, uh, what I expected it to be um, was a great action movie that should be, as we all have been saying, seen on the big screen. I got all that enjoyment, all the kinetic action, the sound, everything. The the CGI was really, really good. 
Um, as Zach was saying, just great environments that you wouldn't expect for fights that make it super original, super unique. And even years after watching this, one thing I will remember is that aircraft carrier fight in the middle of the ocean. Really cool stuff there. Um, some things I definitely won't care about as much are the characters in general. Um, their arcs just didn't satisfy me. Um, they just didn't grab me as, as I should have cared about these characters as much as, as they tried to make us do. Um, yeah, so overall, I would give this about a 6 out of 10. Um, liked the film, but didn't love it as much as uh, as Kong Skull Island. I still think Kong Skull Island is, uh, is a better movie, at least in my eyes, uh, with a more like focused approach. But um, in, in the overall ranking, I would put this maybe maybe right behind Kong Skull Island. I think it's the, the second best one. How did how did you feel about King of the Monsters then? It, it's below a six out of ten for you. I mean, looking back, it's yeah, it's probably. I mean, it's maybe the same as this. Honestly, it might be neck and neck. Yeah, I mean, I I consider those two neck and neck with Skull Island just behind it, but only because I've got a really weird story about my experience with Skull Island. I feel like I've told it on this podcast before, and I I don't really want to like waste time <laughs> by telling <laughs> that story all over again but uh basically i had some anatomical concerns with kong when i went to see skull island they did a full frontal and there was no pp <laughs> oh okay <laughs> and so i was like um excuse me and i actually uh, ended up saying something like that out loud in the theater <laughs> causing a whole bunch of people to laugh at me so um yeah my my experience with Skull Island is different than most, but I still had fun with it. Like it was still it was still a good movie. Basically, to me, Skull Island is what I hoped Jurassic Park three could have been. It, it had like mm-hmm. this sense of being lost on a island that is lost in time. This sequence of 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 intimidating creatures and and dinosaur-like monsters that are chasing the people around and trying to get them off the island. Uh, There's a lot of of tension. There's a a really great cast. I'll give you that. The cast is fantastic. Um, But basically, everything that I would have hoped Jurassic Park 3 could have been, this movie ended up being. And so, like, it it did fulfill. It just didn't fulfill in the MonsterVerse realm it fulfilled like this Jurassic Park void that I've had in my life, if that makes sense. Um, King of the Monsters uh, is, is probably like my second favorite out of this. And then this one is like number one for me. Steven in the chat says, I give it a seven out of 10. It's one of the better ones along with King of the Monsters. I would be inclined to agree. And actually my ranking would probably be in a similar boat as well. I'm probably looking at around either a 7.5 or an 8, honestly. Like, as far as the things that I wanted out of it, it gave me. Yes, it doesn't have, like, an amazing cast or, like, an amazing script, but it did have some really amazing CGI, some really great choreography, some great world building. Like, it, it did the things that I hoped it would do and then also did some things I wasn't expecting it to do. And so... Yeah, it's a very pleasant surprise, and its rewatchability factor for me is like a nine. Like, I would totally watch this again. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, I, I, I really enjoyed it. 
like I, I, you know, like I said, it's nothing. Like this is not my probably not going to be my favorite movie of the year. It could be because I don't know any other movies. <laughs> how many other movies are going to be released this year? But like, I mean, we're still expect we're still expecting Black Widow, and we're supposed to have the Eternals and uh, Doctor Strange this fall, aren't we? Probably, hopefully, and I hope that I like them better than this one. But you never know. Um, but like. This movie pretty much gave me exactly what I wanted, exactly yes. what I expected. And it wasn't like it wasn't like, oh, you're going like, oh, I want to see, you know, Godzilla versus King Kong. I want to see them fight. I want to see the, all this like stuff. But like it wasn't it wasn't disappointing. It gave you exactly what he wanted. And then on top of that, gave you some really interesting surprises, did some really interesting things with the choreography, with the characters and made it just fun all around. And I think, you know, I appreciate what they did there. And it wasn't just this, it could have easily been this paint by numbers type of thing. It wasn't. It was, it was very yeah. innovative. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate the fact that, you know, we've got a movie that was, you know, very different from the other movies and also something very different than I've ever seen before. So, like, it's great. And I mean, so, how many, how many movies are out there where a, a dinosaur has a boxing match on a giant plane with a big ape? Yeah, and then well, <laughs> the and then the monkey and then the monkey then the ape excuse me Stephen the Schindler, ape yeah the Stephen, ape runs away monkey. to the Arctic and then he goes down a hole and he goes to the center of the earth and then right? he comes out the hole in Hong Kong and then they 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 punch for a bit and then Hong Kong's destroyed like <laughs> it, it's like it's yeah, it's it's, it's wild like that. it's wild but like it's great <laughs> like it's it's so fun and it's so like the fact that like they go to the center of the earth and they come back out like it's absurd but like they they do it right they do it really really well i think and it's very i don't want to say believable but it's like it's not it's not as absurd as it could be <laughs> and they treat it with you know some the, the the characters definitely believe in it so like it's great it's great it's wonderful i'm looking forward to this i would i would buy this one to be honest i'm with you i'm I, this one might end up part of my collection so and i'll I'll give this one an 8.5 out of 10. Oh, my. Ben, with the highest ranking of the night. That is awesome. Um, th- this, was, this was a fun movie, and, and I think that's the thing that we really needed the most, especially coming out of the pandemic, although there are some people who are still, like, right in the midst of it, like um, people north of the border, they're in, like, a second or third or fourth lockdown or something right now. Yeah. It, it it sucks and uh my my heart goes out to them because like that that's just that just sucks man like i i hate that there are some parts of the world that are still being really really affected and some others that maybe they're still being affected but they're just treating it more lackadaisical or something i i don't know but uh i obviously wish our friends north and south of the border all the best cuz uh, we're gonna get through this. I just wish it would happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But anyway, speaking of someone north of the border, there is one more voice that we're gonna bring on the show tonight. And Chris, this may be a surprise to you. I don't know how much Ben told you off. Of I the told air. him nothing. He knows nothing. So this is that you're gonna get a live reaction to what the big announcement is for tonight. But to mm. uh, to to help us with this big announcement. 
Uh, please welcome a friend of ours who's been on the show many, many times. He helped me start Fandom News Now and has been the co-host of things like Call the Banners and the Fandom Fraternity podcast with me. Uh, it's the creator of Fandom Empire over on YouTube, uh, Sean Giroux. Welcome to the call, man. Hey, fellas. How's it going? Uh, dude, Great it's been up. a heck of a night. I just finished doing a, 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 a review of a dinosaur punching a monkey, and that was right after... Uh, doing a a baseball game that finished by the score of fourteen to nothing in our favor. Oh my gosh! Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. And we get to turn right around and play another game at three o'clock tomorrow. So my voice is going to be dead by Sunday. <laughs> Silent Zach. Uh, yeah. Does that does that such a thing exist? I don't think you could ever shut me up, honestly. But no, <laughs> dude, it, it's we've tried. Yeah, really. <laughs> but it makes for a really sucky podcast when I do. So. But uh, Sean, you're you're with us tonight for a, a very special reason. Um, for those of you who are part of the Peacekeeper Corps, I posted a video a few days ago letting them know um, that there are some changes in the works at IPC, and they've been in the works for over a month now, probably closer to two months. And this even harkens back to when we started doing a show every two weeks. You know, Ben's schedule has been crazy with Culture Slate. My schedule has been busy with with school, with family, with baseball, and just doing a show every two weeks seemed to make the most sense for what we were trying to do. But even then, we were still kind of figuring out what the next step needs to be for us as a program, because as many of you know, our next episode will be commemorating our seventh anniversary as a podcast. Yeah. That is huge. I know very few podcasts that have the longevity that IPC has had. This is our 323rd episode that we're doing right now, which is just insane. It's it's ridiculous how many episodes we've done, and we are still on season one. <laughs> Shinder, Shinder <laughs> had the right idea. He like, okay, this like 14 to 16 episodes was season one, and now we're in season two. Ben, why didn't we think of doing seasons every year back in like 2014 when we started this thing? Um, because, you know, a 200-episode long season just sounds better. <laughs> that it does. Um, but uh, metaphorically speaking, uh, in the context of, of what's about to happen— IPC is more or less about to enter a new season as this episode right here will officially be our final episode on channel 1138, our final episode of 1138. I'm just going to let that sink in for a moment because all of the 300 previous something episodes have been on this station. Like, th- this show probably would not exist if 1138 did not exist. And that's a pretty big deal. But what's also a pretty big deal is the idea that there are opportunities out there for uh, partnership and for growth and for new experiences on both sides of the equation. And so for those of you listening live tonight, those of you who are going to be seeing the press release first thing tomorrow, for those of you who are listening to this show after the fact on your podcatchers, 
Um, we're still going to be on Podbean, so you'll still be able to find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and stuff like that. But you will not be finding us in the show reel of 1138 after this episode. Henceforth, all of our live productions are now officially going to be part of Sean's Fandom Empire Network on YouTube. That's, that's the big reveal. That, that is the big announcement, the thing that we've been building up for. After over 300 episodes on one network, we have officially kind of bought out our contracts and become free agents, and we're signing a deal with uh, Phantom Empire. And we're super, super stoked to be doing our seventh anniversary episode on Phantom Empire next month. And, uh, Sean, I, I know that this has been kind of a, a long time coming and a long time in the works. Um, how does it feel to have it out there in the open now, man? How does it feel to, to make it official that IPC is joining the Phantom Empire family? I mean, I think the first thing that comes to mind would be not spilling the beans, which has been uh, <laughs> not easy at times. Um, but... Uh, let me go off subject subject here for a second, boys. Uh, I joined the call. I'm listening to you guys talk. And uh, I closed my eyes for a second because, I mean, we're nearing midnight. And <laughs> I hear Ben Hart and Zach Arnold talking. Not on YouTube, you know, not streaming to this website or that website, just the two of your voices. And it reminded me how important podcasting still is. It's not just about YouTube and and uh, video production, which we're you guys are going to have now. Uh, but the ability to hear you two and your chemistry over the years has been nothing short of fantastic. I know way back in 2016, I was going through the hardest year of my life in many ways, and I found myself going back listening to old episodes of IPC even then to catch up to where you guys were at the time. And it... Uh, it just goes to show that like people that you may not socialize with every day uh, can really help you through the darkest of times. And you two have been nothing short of amazing all this time. Wow. So we're pleased to have you Dude, that. That, that means a lot. Cause I, I know a, a, a fraction of some of the stuff that you've gone through, particularly that year in 2016. And so to, to think about being a, a companion for someone essentially who's going through a rough patch, that's that's something really special. And it it's humbling because most of the time Ben and I are just getting on here and we're shooting the breeze and we're cracking jokes and, and we're having fun. Um but I think one thing that we've always tried to do is make the listener feel like they're in the room with us. Is that safe to say, Ben? Oh yeah. I like, I think it's I mean this show is just about having a conversation. I, I love I love podcasting because it just like whether you're a listener, whether you're on the call, doesn't matter. It's just about having a deep, in depth conversation. Sometimes it's real personal, sometimes yeah. it's just off the wall, whatever. Yeah. But it's always fun and you're getting to just be there and experience it. And I love listening to podcasts because of that, because I feel connected to the people that I'm listening to, even though they don't know who I am. Yeah. And I'm sure there's people out there that we don't really know, but they're connected to us because they're listening. 
and they're responding to us. Yeah. And, you know, that's the beauty of podcasting. That's the beauty of the show is just, you know, we get to sit down and, you know, that's what it is for me. It's just like, hey, I get to sit down with my friends and, and talk about whatever. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's the ultimate goal here. But uh, what is really fascinating and fun is when you guys get to come along and be a little hard ride. And now you get to watch us. You get to, you know, we, we're, we're taking the next big step. And I yeah. think that's what's important about this is just going forward and allowing IPC to evolve and grow into something beyond our wildest dreams of just a few years ago. Oh, and man. that's, you know, thanks to Sean and Phantom Empire for allowing us to do this. And also, before we go any further, I do want to give a shout out to Channel 1138. Yes. And this platform that really birthed that birthed ipc and yeah. you know all credit to chris siegel for making this thing possible i don't think ipc would exist without him and his ingenuity in making channel 1138 a possible and keeping it going and giving us a vessel to make a podcast because we didn't have resources we were just two dudes that wanted to talk about stuff you yeah. know, but Channel Eleven Thirty Eight gave us that. So yeah. and I was telling you guys earlier, like I was getting a little, you know, little, little emotional setting up the show tonight because I'm like, this is the last time we get to do this, you yeah. know, officially. And as much as I'm excited about the future and where we're going, and and I cannot wait to get on Fandom Empire and and be on video and do all that kind of stuff, um, you know, an all new platform on YouTube, but. I'm always gonna have a special place in my heart for it. It's not like I'm going anywhere. I still do other podcasts on this on this thing. So yeah. It's not like it's a big deal. But yeah. for IPC, it's it's bittersweet because you know we've spent 323 episodes on this thing. That's a lot of podcasting time we spent on the channel, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's been great. And here's the thing: like, I I have watched Sean's Phantom Empire live productions. He does awesome work. I'm just gonna, I'm just going to start with that right off the bat. It, it that's not a knock on anything that 1138 has done or or is going to do. It's just that the the vision that Sean's got of Phantom Empire and the following that he's got, he averages anywhere from 40 to 70 live listeners per episode, which is exponentially larger than anything we get at 1138. And so the opportunity to engage with more people and the opportunity to uh, have a, a super, super active live chat. Like, we've had a great live chat tonight. Shout out to people like Jesse and Steven who are keeping this chat alive tonight. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you guys like crazy and always will. But the, the opportunity to, 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 to bring it to another level with the type of following that Sean's got and to be able to bring our following over to his channel and, and you know increase the, the subscriber count over there there's there's just so much potential in this partnership there's literally thousands of people following the phantom empire page right now and by getting in on this level we have the opportunity to help it experience growth the same way we saw uh, 1138 grow the same way the culture slate is now growing you know it, priorities are going where they need to go obviously right. culture slate is on the rise culture slate has its own youtube programs that's awesome that's great but this particular opportunity just seemed too great to pass up as far as the quality of stuff goes, the familiarity between Sean and myself and honestly, all three of us being able to to collaborate in this way 
there's just there's so much upside to an opportunity like this. And technically, our R-rated program, RIPC, is already a part of Phantom Empire. That was where right. we were supposed to be broadcasting our stuff. And then I basically dropped the ball because I was really, really busy. And I'm actually hoping that we can bring back some of our adult-themed content on that channel as well and bring in even more stuff. So, you know, we're looking at basically doing a, a whole different type of IPC because we won't have, you know, those those commercial breaks in the middle anymore. We'll, we'll have a, a video component where you actually have to look at our ugly faces every week. <laughs> um there, there's, there's a lot of new and a lot of different to what we're doing, but it's also going to be really exciting to see where this leads because Phantom Empire's got a great following. We've got a great following. I, I feel like there's very little downside to any of this, and I think that's what excites me the most. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Sean, uh, uh, for people who really don't know a whole lot about phantom empire can you give us a little backstory and let the listeners at home know what we're kind of getting ourselves into here uh i think whenever you go from podcasting to youtubing of any sort and you experience any sort of growth um you're opening the door uh to everybody like now everyone has access to you not that they don't podcasting wise but youtube is a much easier gateway so you can get a really incredible following like we have we're not huge uh by any means but like the the following we've built the community that we have that supports one another um has been nothing short of incredible that said you're on youtube you say you know one wrong thing and you can get uh <laughs> some not very nice people show up in your streams and make the show a little more difficult uh where you know over at 11:38 anyways uh i don't recall hardly ever, ever having like a difficult chat everybody over there was great uh because the numbers were a little lower uh and that's not a shot by any means it's just on youtube you got to be ready for anything and you got to do your best just to not let it bother you because sometimes the chat mods can't get rid of that stuff in time and you're going to see it and it you know it's not going to be not noticeable it's going to be right in front of you right uh, but you and Ben are both incredible people, uh, great personalities, wonderful chemistry, and I can't imagine anybody not liking you guys. You guys have been nothing but great. That, that's that's definitely appreciated. I mean, it's taken us seven years to get to where we are, though. So, I mean, uh, it, that that in itself is one of the things that kind of surprises me the most, that Ben has put up with my crap for the last seven years. Oh, what what are you talking about? You've been putting up with me all this time. Come on. <laughs> uh, you see, that's that's why we get along so well. Chris, obviously, you've got a personality on YouTube already as Star Raptor, and you have been uh, a part of of 1138 off and on for a, for a long time. You've been on IPC off and on for a long time. Um, any advice for us as we start making our move into the realm of YouTube for what is essentially the first time? Yeah, I mean, Sean said it pretty well as far as like going live with with the listeners. It can get a little wild, so you just got to be be ready for that. But um, I mean, 
as far as the personalities, everything is just going to transfer over to just a video feed. So it's got to be cognizant of that, obviously. Like, oh, yeah, it's it's a little stiff at first for me. Um, it's it's horrible to go back like five years ago and see some <laughs> of those first videos where I'm just like dead pants staring at the camera. Um, but you'll get there. You'll get better. I know it's it, 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 with the voice. You could hide some things, obviously, but you know, when the world's watching, you got to be on your best behavior. But no, this is a great, great announcement. I'm, I'm happy for you guys are progressing to the next level and the, it will open more doors to more viewers and more people should watch you guys. You guys are awesome. I've been listening to you guys for, well, probably, probably close to three years now. Spinning, spinning out of the Star Wars underworld with with Ben being on there, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Like seven years, and you can still still do crazy new things. But that's that's kind of where the world is going. You know, is is a lot of this video feed type of stuff, especially in the last year, uh, where that's pretty much all you can really do is is video feed, video chat via um, different right. platforms. So it really if there's going to be a time to do it now is like a great transition because people have already been hearing your voices. And now it's just like the next step. The next evolution is to, to see you guys on, on the camera and seeing, you know, if there's any kind of visual things you could add now, cause that's a, that's a whole nother endeavor, right? Is now you can visually have, have content and, and plan different kind of content specifically around, uh visually displaying it so right that'll be yeah. fun I, i'm excited to see if you guys have anything uh cooked up for that kind of uh <sighs> detail there man maybe, maybe not initially i feel like like our logo and our and our in uh, like our social media handles will obviously be on there and stuff like that but for starters it may just be our two faces and like a a static image of whatever the discussion topic is because we're, we're we're going into like completely uncharted territory as far as like video components and 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 what we're going to do there i mean obviously our intro will still carry over because it's royalty free and the the segments like barbecue and stuff like that will still happen um but you know, like I said, there, there's there's not going to be an ad break. We're probably going to have a little bit more of a time constraint because we'll be online. Um, but you know, who who knows what what could end up happening? I think uh, Stephen in the chat says uh, maybe we'll have a barbecue segment with actual food on display. That's very likely. That I that I love that idea. That that definitely sounds like something I would do, and I think Ben would definitely go along with that. So. Yeah, there's there's tons of of new opportunities, tons of new adventures, and we'll kind of like put our our toes in the water first, so to speak, before diving in. But um, I I think being able to have these discussions in front of a different audience and also kind of invite our audience to join this really awesome group. I mean, I've been doing a news program over there for a couple of months now, and it's been really fun. They've had a really really engaging chat. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that group interacts with our longtime listeners and stuff like that. So um, Sean's got some great chat mods over there, some great admins. He's got some great programs. There's one that's all about Rick and Morty. Uh, there's there's one that's about Star Wars. There's one that's um, about Supernatural. We're getting ready to launch a Game of Thrones program that's over there. 
like this channel's super diverse and super immersive and i think it's going to be super fun uh when we make the the switch over so yeah be be on the lookout uh on uh, may the first you guys that's um tomorrow or today depending on what coast you're living on and uh there will be like an official press release joint statement uh with like some some really cool info about uh what we're going to be doing moving forward and uh yeah once this episode concludes it'll be the last one to happen on 11:38 and every program that we do moving forward all of our content all of our uh patron shows like RIPC uh any special edition stuff that we do any anything like that that'll all be happening over at Phantom Empire from here on out absolutely cannot wait oh man <laughs> the funny thing is um tomorrow's baseball game has a lot to do with like the launch of this moving forward because I'm hedging my bets on us like my team not going past the first weekend of the playoffs and uh uh so the the first weekend of the playoffs is like the seventh and eighth, which is when we're off. but if somehow we pull off a miracle and we end up making it to the second weekend then that's supposed to be like on the 14th and i'm like oh crap oh crap we better lose <laughs> so uh if you want to root against my team starting next weekend <laughs> i would not blame any one of you because this is something that's been a long time in the works and uh i really don't want anything to disrupt it because when we finally do have that inaugural episode there will be like Dancing in the streets and margaritas being drank because it's happening right after Cinco de Mayo. So I'll probably still be a little drunk. <laughs> Hell yeah! I I I don't know, I don't know what else to say, you guys. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm I'm nervous. I'm nervous, but I'm excited, and I think that's like the good kind of nervous. You know, you, there's there's stuff to look forward to, but there's also a lot of like uncertainty in the world, and so um. It's 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 a it's a new thing that IPC has been so used to broadcasting on 1138 and then distributing to those other platforms that like we've gotten into a rhythm, you know, and that rhythm's about to to run out. Yeah. And we're about to start up a new rhythm and it's cool and it's exciting, but it's also kind of nerve wracking. So, yeah, bittersweet. uh, you know, gonna miss the channel, but uh, looking forward to where it's coming. You know, just change is always uh, it's 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 uh, something that's uh, it's not easy, and no, uh, it'll but, take some adjustment. But I no, think, but it, it, I, I think I think in the long run, this is good for both parties, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Now, with that announcement, I'm afraid that some of our other segments are gonna have to be cut short, particularly the quote of the night and our barbecue segment. Um, I'm going to take point on the barbecue segment because I actually had something barbecue related both yesterday and today. Is that cool? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, we're not even going to play the music. We're just going to go straight into it because we're running out of time. Um, I've talked about these guys on the program before, but I'm going to give them another shout out because I just I, I love this guy's enthusiasm for what he does. Yesterday, I had lunch at this place called Smokey's Barbecue in yeah. Addison, Texas. And this guy basically made me a barbecue gyro. Okay, he he used the flatbread that you use to make a, a Greek gyro with, and he loaded it with 
tri-tip steak brisket. <laughs> and then he put in like this Whoa. creamy he put in like this this creamy jalapeno sauce and like what? his own homemade barbecue sauce and gave me a side of macaroni salad oh and like gosh. this big thing of crinkle cut fries that he like tossed in sea salt in a bowl and like shook the bowl around so the salt would fall on the fries like <laughs> like he 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 put on like onions and pickles and like like a spicy mayo or something like that like there were three different sauces on this gyro it was crazy and like he had to put like a like a long toothpick through it just to make everything hold together <laughs> like it was huge and even though it didn't come with a drink like it that was fine i had my own drink i didn't care but like this big meal that this guy gave me was only ten dollars wow and i was like this is like a lunch special right and he's like yeah whatever <laughs> like <laughs> he cared he cared more about the fact that he recognized me and i was like a returning customer he cared more about that than he cared about the price like he was getting ready to punch no on the little keypad where it like offers to give a tip. And I actually hit like 18% because I was like, no, dude, I like what you're doing. I like your food. I like your enthusiasm. Of course, I'm going to include a tip. I'm going to support small businesses. And, you know, even though I supported a big uh, multi-state corporation today by having uh Whataburger, um, like their sweet and spicy bacon burger is amazing but i really love going to small businesses like smokies like i basically see this as my local robs to go to you know oh, wow i can't go to robs i can't support you guys you know with my business because you're in another state but like if i could i would because the the type of product that this guy puts out reminds me of like that family feel experimentation with food kind of thing and i wish people would support local businesses a little bit more like that because having something like that at the prices that they are was so great and i wish them the best and if you live in the dallas fort worth area please go check them out they are awesome and um, it's, it's, it's just, it's good stuff. So, um, Chris, do you have like a local food place that you like to frequent something that is like a family owned business that you try and give them the business whenever you can? Oh yeah. We have this place right around the block. It's called chicken holiday and they have really good fried chicken, obviously, but they have yeah. really good uh ribs the, the, the sauce they put on these ribs it, 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 they're dark ribs um barbecue but I, I believe they are beef ribs but they are really tasty like very sweet sauce but yeah we we give these guys business probably like once a month at, at least um but yeah you know we get the the fries there are really good but they'll give you We'll get like the family plan where you get like everything, wings, the breasts, all that. And you also get 
these really good like little sweet rolls. So that's that's a place oh, that nice. that we we go. And they recently started doing wraps, which I've really been enjoying. After all the years we've been going there, they have wraps. So uh, I think it was last week I tried a, a buffalo chicken wrap. You know, it had blue cheese on there, the whole oh. nine yards, the lettuce and all that stuff. And it was real good. But they also, yeah, they have really good grilled chicken as well. So uh that place it's definitely the place that we we constantly go to and, you know we have we have our obviously i'm i'm in jersey we got the really good pizza over here so we have our our places to go to like the place around the corner for jeppies they have really good uh sicilian pizza uh, so yeah i mean jersey here we got a lot of everything maybe not as good as barbecue as you guys over there but um we make up for that with the with all the italian um different kind of restaurants around here because this is one of the more hot spots uh w- with the italians in, in this area around central jersey uh, you know i'm an hour away from new york so we got a lot of variety that's for sure hashtag italian food watch am i right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that's good stuff man and if i hadn't just had a whataburger before hopping on the call that talk of that type of food would have definitely made me hungry so uh don't tell my girlfriend that there's a place that has a buffalo chicken wrapper we're gonna have to go to jersey to go try one. <laughs> oh man um ben had to step away for a second but i i do think we need to try and and wrap up the show as as best we can Chris, thank you for for taking point on the the front end of the program. Sean already had to go because he had to take care of his young one, which we honestly respect and and appreciate. He's the only one of us amongst us, unless you're not a dad, are you, Chris? Nope. Nah. Okay. So, yeah, he's the only one with a kid. So when the kid calls, you got to go. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, be sure to follow Phantom Empire on YouTube. That's where our new programs are going to be. So uh, be sure to go check that out. And be sure to check out Star Raptor as well on YouTube. A really great movie reviewer and, and other types of reviews as well. Uh, dude, what what kind of stuff can people expect from your channel if they go check you out? Oh, yeah. Well, if they go now, they'll be able to check out my review on the falcon and the winter Soldier. i keep trying to say the captain america and the winter soldier for some reason <laughs> but yes yeah, you can see my review for that and i also have my review for mortal Kombat. really enjoyable movie go check out the go check out my review there and uh if you know anything about the game i think you're really gonna enjoy it if you just like good choreography and some crazy gore you're also really gonna enjoy that one uh but other than that yeah you can expect movie content you can expect a lot of Star Wars content for sure and just all around fun pop culture stuff. And and maybe one of these months I'll be able to get back to a convention and um, do some on-site filming because I just I, I really enjoy that. I miss it. It's going to be like over two years since I've been to a convention. It's crazy. Man, <laughs> it's been longer than that for me. <laughs> Part of that's by choice because I'm not a huge fan of crowds, and so I got to be like in a certain mood to go to something like a convention, if I'm being honest. But uh, San Diego's definitely like on my bucket list. I'm gonna just get like really, really high on Red Bull and just power through one day and uh, go to go to San Diego one of these times. Probably not this time, but maybe in the next year or two. Um, definitely want to go to a celebration at some point, but. 
probably not going to go to that and San Diego in the same year. Like I got to space it out a little bit, you know? Yeah. I don't get that <laughs> much vacation time. Unfortunately, <laughs> hey, I'm about to get two weeks. And that's, that's a really big step up from the, the no weeks that I got my first year on the job and the one week that I got this past year. So, um, I finally worked at the company long enough to earn some time off and I plan on cashing it in a little bit here and there, maybe like the occasional three day weekend here, the out of town trip here, the, the week long summer vacation somewhere at some point, like I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I use those days. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to be like me and get to the end of the year and be like, Oh crap. I was supposed to use all this time and be like, no, luckily they were able to (laughs) cash me out on my vacation time. But that's cool. still, I mean, with the whole pandemic and, and me, especially like dealing with the public, I was like, you know what? I need some time to get away from these people. So yeah. it's like, utilize that time when you have it and it sneaks up on you by the end of the year. It's like, no, but yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I, I do want to try to get out to San Diego uh, one of these times. But yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be picking or choosing for me since I'm literally on the opposite side of the country. Yep. Yep. That's a, that's a bit of a hike. If you don't if you don't live within like an hour's flight, then, yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a journey for anybody. That's for sure. Um, So, yeah, Star Raptor is on Twitter. Ben is at Ben Hart with no E. I don't know when he's stepping back. He may just have to push stop on the program when we're done here. <laughs> uh, ben Hart with no E on most major social media platforms and also doing stuff over at Culture Slate. And uh, I'm over on Phantom Empire with stuff like RIPC, which is going to be making a comeback, as well as Fandom News Now, which is on every Thursday. So uh, if you're not watching Star Wars Underworld or listening to that, then come check us out. Um, also go to StarWarsUnderworld.com for previous episodes and also go to like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Leave us a subscription, a rate and review, all that good stuff. Um our main hosting site is going to stay intact. We are not leaving from ipcpodcast.podbean.com, but we are going to be doing a different patron system. Forgot to mention that during the announcement. The Podbean patron system is officially dissolved, and we are working on moving everything over to a Patreon, finally. That has been a long time coming, but that is finally happening. So be on the lookout for us to announce the Patreon link when we launch next month on Phantom Empire. We'll have all of that up and running concurrently. So, yeah. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, StarWarsUnderworld.com, IPCPodcast.Podbean.com. You can find IPC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to link with us on social media. And... If you want some IPC swag, we've got some barbecue-themed stuff, and we've got some intergalactic peace-themed stuff over at tpublic.com slash user slash IPC podcast. Uh, Jesse in the chat sends us a question right before we close down. You're cutting it close there, Jesse. Uh, Will episodes still come on Apple Podcasts from the normal subscription, or will it be a new channel there? No, basically, we will still be recording the audio component of what we do over on YouTube, and we'll take these uh, MP3 components and put them on the Podbean site, and then Podbean will take our um, RSS feed and we'll distribute it to places like Apple and Google. So if that makes sense, we'll be, we'll be recording or pulling the audio from 
from YouTube and then distributing the audio on the places where you get your podcasts from. So, yes, video feed and also the original places that our podcasts get distributed to after the fact. The only thing that's changing is the live format. The stuff that's been like recorded and then edited and posted after the fact, that's all going to stay the same. Our live function will just no longer be on 1138. It'll be over at Phantom Empire. So hopefully that clears everything up. And hopefully you guys will be on that episode with us over at Phantom Empire. We're looking at our launch day being May the 14th. That's a Friday, May the 14th. And we'll continue the every two weeks format just on a different channel. But uh, Chris... Thank you again for being a part of the evening and looking forward to when we can have you on again. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, Zach and Ben and everybody for continuing to listen to my rambling as I've been on here for this is the third week in a row. But it's been a lot of fun um, or third episode in a row. Uh, It's been a lot of fun doing this. And hey, New Horizons is exciting. It's, It's good to have change in life and Uh, especially as you collaborate with others. That's usually the best way to grow is when you could start intermingling different communities together. And with the positivity that you guys always have every time you record, um, I think you're just going to gain more and more loyal listeners, more or loyal viewers and listeners. Uh, I got to change up that terminology now. But uh, yeah, consumers of media. (laughs) Yeah, got to get used to changing the lingo there but oh yeah thanks a lot for having me on here it's always my pleasure and um hey maybe uh the next time i'm I'm involved with something i might be more in my my natural habitat on video i guess (laughs) that is true that is true i haven't even thought about like when we have guest hosts on like what is that going to look like hmm well a lot of stuff still to be discovered and a lot of stuff still on the horizon for us. But yeah, our seventh anniversary is definitely going to be a special one. May the 14th be with you, says Stephen Schinder. That is indeed the truth, my friend. You can also find us making a guest appearance on Star Wars Day, May the 4th. Uh, we'll be hopping on Phantom Empire Live for a little while to uh, talk about the launch to Sean's listeners as well. So uh, go ahead and, and check that out as we get ready to kind of Hype up the transition and be on the lookout for the press release tomorrow on May the 1st. Uh, I wish Ben had been able to come back to help us say goodnight, but that's just kind of the way the show goes sometimes. He gets called away. I get called away to one thing or another. But uh, I think that is going to do it for this final episode on Channel 1138. You know what? It's just it doesn't feel right to end the show without Ben. I wish he would come back. This is this is a momentous occasion. We started on 11:38 together. We should end on 11:38 together. Chris, are are you able to to stay up and chat for a few more minutes until Ben gets back? Or are you too I tired? I think I could do that. Oh, Cuz it doesn't man. feel right. <laughs> it it just it doesn't feel right to be saying goodnight without Ben on the call. And I don't know exactly when he's going to be back, but I'm hoping it's within the next few minutes. He said, um, hopefully I'll be back before the end, but I I don't really know what that means because we're near the end and he's not back yet. (laughs) Um, We'll we'll give him a couple more minutes. We'll give him a couple more minutes. I think we could do that at least for the guy. Here's something for you. Um, 
what made you get into YouTube videos as opposed to other platforms? Uh, for me, it was just a lot of the stuff I wanted to do was more visual oriented, you know, playing games, having having footage from that, being able to I, 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 I'm more of a visual guy. So, like, I didn't know how to do the podcast at the time because I was looking. I was like, oh, you have to have a service and, and, and pay money monthly and all this stuff. And I didn't really actually have any friends to do it with at the time because this is like five or no, this is like six or seven years ago when I was throwing this idea around. I didn't know you guys until well after I started my channel and everybody that was involved with the community with the Star Wars Underworld and all that, they they um, they're the ones that I ultimately was able to have guest appearances on like right now and whatnot. So for me, I was like, oh, this is something real easy. I don't need another person to do. It's very solitary. I know you've done an episode you always talk about by yourself on here with Jurassic Arcs. And I was like, well, I, I mean, I could talk by myself for five minutes for a simple review, but a long format thing such as a podcast probably I would probably have a hard time doing that for for that kind of length, right? Thirty to minutes to two hours. So, so I could do quick videos, randomly. Um, doesn't cost money, and I already have a webcam and stuff. So hey, why not? Um, obviously, the sky is the limit with with the cost, and um, with more visual stuff, it actually would cost a heck of a lot more than doing a podcast because you simply need just a really good mic. But then when you get to the video. You see the evolution. I mean, even on my channel, you see the evolution of me just filming with just like the crappiest webcam. And then like the videos now I'm using a, a much better mic and I actually have lights set up and different backgrounds and, and, and things of that nature. Green right. screens I'm playing around with now. Uh, right. But yeah, it was just simply from a convenience factor, um, a time oriented factor and a factor that I didn't have to rely on anybody because I was just like, okay, if I want to do this, I want to try to like start it from the ground up by myself first. And then mm -hmm. as I get more clout and stuff, and if I ever build up a community, then I could actually have people that might be interested on jumping on. Because at the time I created also the YouTube, they, the only reason why I wanted to be a content creator is just to kind of express my, my love of the stuff that I enjoy um, just out there to the ether, knowing that somebody would listen because at the current time, a lot of my friends kind of grew out of that stuff. I mean, I wouldn't say grew out, but they weren't as passionate to have that kind of conversation as I wanted to have. Um, so I needed a way to kind of express myself in, in that way. And then obviously I was able to um, meet you guys and everything else where I was able to actually have those uh, going back and forth uh, kind of conversations. So, yeah, I, I mean, long story short, just a lot of things, I guess, um, factored into that decision. But now, it, now it's fun doing both. I do enjoy doing both. Um, it is nice, you know, once in a while to turn off the camera and uh, you know not have to have to do all that all the time. But um, it is fun nonetheless to have my video chats with my friends. As far as doing the Mandalorian reviews, I was experimenting with with streaming because streaming is a whole lot of fun too. I mean, we have yeah. live listeners in in channel eleven thirty eight chat like Stephen and everybody else in there but getting to have that live feedback it brings a whole nother element to a show rather than just talking to one another then you have live uh comments to kind of react to now you know different things you do they might be completely off topic so then 
it's like all right what do you have to pick and choose to talk about without throwing you too much off 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 the rails there but for me it just you know youtube provides a way of of satisfying my kind of creativity as far as speaking out what i want to speak out at the time and not having as much guidelines per se of what i want to do what i think of an idea i could just jot it down and and try to commit as much as i can to that vision and it, it feels gratifying to know that there's a way to do that and, and to get those thoughts out there quickly and without kind of um having to go through any kind of checks and balances like my ideas can just flourish uh the way i see fit so that that's why i enjoy doing uh the content that i do right now see you can you can tell just how passionate you are about your craft because i and i don't mean to say this like jokingly or 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 meanly i i say it with the most sincerity i i asked you one question and you fleshed it out over the course of about six minutes <laughs> you know see that's about how much i usually talk about six minutes and the video's over with and then the so video's done <laughs> yeah, no i i i i get it like i do because that that is how often i can go off talking about either this podcast or about the baseball or football stuff that i'm trying to do you know i i i get it that when that that's your craft and when that's something that you've been working at and something you've been working on for so long that 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 is something that you could just find yourself talking about seemingly indefinitely and and i get it and i and i can tell just by the way that you describe what you do and how you do it that you you've spent a lot of time working on it and that it's something that you take great care to make sure that you are being the best version of you that you can be and i respect the hell out of that yeah it really just comes down to at this point this far into it it's just you just have that feeling where it's just like all right i i got to i got to record something because it's it's not so much for for the people as much as it is is like yeah i'll get like couple you know just sometimes the, the the videos aren't as stellar with the views as i want them to be but i when it comes down to it i'm like i want to talk about this whether or not 10 people hear it or a thousand people uh watch it it still is something that satisfies an itch that i want to get out there and yeah. who knows i can't figure out the stupid youtube algorithm years later i i really don't know how it works and and you know what it is it's i'm not depending on it it's it's a hobby right and, and i enjoy doing it it's fun and sometimes i have uh difficulty with different programs and whatnot but usually i try to learn from those uh mistakes and, and, and those occurrences and and i become better at it and just kind of pushing the boundaries with what i have is trying to find ways now where i can still challenge myself and and, and try to make a, a difference and and you know what, whether or not somebody comments or anything on the videos is it's fine. Like they'll comment, they'll be like, hey, this really helped. If I can help like one person, you know, that makes me feel good. And that's that's an awesome experience when like I'm able to put out a video that recaps something and, and somebody forgot about this going into reading the sequel book or something, for instance, like, hey, mm -hmm. I was looking for something and I found this video and it really helped a lot. Like that kind of thing is like that's why i do this you know like there's people out there it's like this is the kind of thing i would want to see you know watching like a recap or whatever i'm just giving out as an example 
this is the content I would want to see. So let me just make it because I don't see it on YouTube. And then people actually appreciate the same thought process I had with creating that content. So even if it's just for me, I know that somebody else there out there in the world might actually appreciate it as well. So that's like another example. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, no, I I had a, a football playoff game about uh, two months ago where I, I had this really exciting play call that got one of my listeners so excited, he literally jumped out of bed to celebrate the call. Whoa. And that, like, made my whole season because I was like, wow, I got you that excited that you, like, laid down for bed and then you jumped because of how loud and excited I was getting. Like, when when your enthusiasm leads to enthusiasm for other people and it, like, encourages them and enhances their life in some way, that's that's awesome. Uh, yeah. George sent us a question. Are you continuing the episode numbering with 324 when you switch over to Phantom Empire? That's a very good question, and that's probably one that I need to ask Ben. <laughs> because... <laughs> I would kind of like to, but I also feel like the people over at Phantom Empire are going to be like, um, what is this? Where's the other 323? Well, go listen to us on uh, on YouTube. So uh, that's probably a, a Ben question. That's something we'll have to figure out before the next episode. But um, I think I think it's it's possible that we could see a change, but I don't want to say that for certain without consulting him first. Maybe this is the end of season one, and maybe we're finally starting season two. <laughs> the uh, the i the 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 really ironic thing is, um, Channel Eleven Thirty Eight has time restrictions now, and we're very near the end of those time restrictions, because it used to be an unlimited channel where you could just broadcast for hours on end, but now it's down to uh, three hours of broadcasting at a time. And we're approaching two hours and 50 minutes. So maybe I do Ooh, need We're to... getting down to the wire. This is what happened last time. We were recording and it was like, oh, we got to start and here pushing I, And here this. I was being all pompous 45 minutes ago being like, oh, yeah, we're going to be done. No problem. <laughs> we'll be done in like 30 or 40 minutes. And then like 45 minutes rolls around and I'm like, uh so uh, I, I apologize to everybody that we're, we're keeping you this late. Um, I wish I knew what to do because maybe 1138 will just eventually cut us off and that'll be how it ends. <laughs> that could be very well how it ends, at least on my end. I'm reading that it's at, uh, let's see, two hours and 49 minutes and 38 seconds. Oh, I'm at 23 seconds. So you're ahead of me by like 20-something seconds. <laughs> Oops. Well, I know, because that's why I asked, because last time he was a minute behind, so it looked like it was going to cut off with me, and he was able to squeeze out a few more words to finish it on the dot. So, Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Cutting it close. Cutting it close. Ah. This is how we're going to go out, right? This, this yeah, is this, like is, this is channel 1138. I mean... What's going to put us more, out of commission? What's more fitting than our final episode of 1138 coming down to literally the very last possible minute? Like, should we really have <laughs> it any other way? <laughs> Jesse says, a captain always goes down with the ship. Ride it out. <laughs> I may not have yeah. any choice, dude. I wasn't the host of this program. Ben is the host. And he just kind of left it running. And so, like, it's still going. 
and and the and the and the the Skype call is still recording because Ben told it to record and he left Skype open. So like he just basically left me here to kind of fill things in and I I did a pretty good job, but yeah, this will end up ending like the Sopranos, says Stephen. No <laughs> oh kidding. my god, yeah. It just cuts to black and we're just in the middle of a conversation. Yep. That was a boom. monumental existence yep. on channel eleven thirty eight. Yeah, man. Dude, so many memories and so many different things. I, oddly enough, my uh my baseball broadcasting and my football broadcasting, I actually do it on Mixler. I I oh. got the I got the idea to do live sports broadcasting on a uh, on a podcasting network and that was thanks to 1138. So yeah. Definitely a lot of stuff that was inspired from this channel, a lot of stuff that was inspired from uh, other podcasts that are on this this platform, and uh, the the memory of it is definitely going to endure, whether Ben makes it back in the next eight minutes or not. Yeah, I remember fondly the memories of being in college and being in my uh, was my apartment, whatever um, townhouse. That's the word I was looking for. My townhouse and just having uh, the classic uh, channel 1138 chat up because at the time, I don't know if you guys actually had this stuff recording to a podcatcher. Am I correct? Like it was basically you had to be on channel 1138 and, and listening live or else go back in time and like check the downloads. Is that correct? Uh, for a while. Yeah, there for for a bit there. We didn't have any kind of a hosting platform. We didn't really think of it, to be honest. And so. It took us like a hundred episodes before we finally decided, you know what? Maybe people want to listen to this stuff after we're done talking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, because I still have yet to listen to the epic Jurassic arc. Oh yeah, yeah, that I think that is on our Podbean, but we had it under like a subscription tier. But since we're taking down all of the patrons stuff, then it should be released to the public. So okay, well, we might have hope. Maybe for him to jump on. Mm-hmm. I had some stuff going on. <laughs> Sounds as if Ben might not be able to make it. So maybe I'll let him say the goodbyes in post-production. How about that? So that it sounds like he actually did make it back and he'll be the one closing us out. But uh, we're actually about to run out of time here. So, um one last memory. Steven says, I remember getting into IPC during the Star Wars movie coverage on the lead up to The Force Awakens. I think I did too, yeah. I remember that. We did like a like a throwback where we went back and watched episodes one through six leading up to episode seven that December. I remember that. That was a long time ago. And in a galaxy not too far away. Yeah, because you guys had like this epic crossover that was like four hours long or something like that wasn't we did we did with the star wars underworld that was the first ever like major show crossover that we ever did and i remember we were in mississippi hanging out with ben and like the other three dudes myself and chris and dominic we all just converged on mississippi and we hung out in the back room at ben's family's barbecue restaurant and we like turned out the lights and only had like our our laptop lights available and we just went on 1138 and we just talked about this new movie for like 
four plus hours, four hours and 15 minutes or something like that. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Four yeah. hours talking about that. Oh, my Four God. hours talking about a movie that's two hours in length. We spent twice as long talking about it as we did watching it. <laughs> Isn't that funny how that ends up? Like, you watch a, a trailer or something, the trailer's two minutes, and you talk about it for, like, two minute, two hours and the, two and a half hours, something like that. More or less. More or less, yeah. Well, Ben is saying his goodbyes in the chat, which leads me to believe he will not be returning, so... We're going to let these last five minutes or so ride themselves out. But, Chris, thanks again for being here with us. We appreciate it. And a reminder, y'all, we will not be here in two weeks. So go find Phantom Empire on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button so that you know when our debut episode happens. Surprise! I did actually make it back, although not as quickly as I would have preferred. But I appreciate you guys' patience And I really just want to say I appreciate you guys for many, many episodes here on Channel 1138 uh, listening and supporting us. And I hope you continue to do so over on Phantom Empire. This is, as I said, a bittersweet moment for us. We've been on Channel 1138 for a long time. And we're sorry to say goodbye, but we've got a bright future ahead of us. And we hope each and every one of you will continue to listen and watch into the future. But yeah, all I really want to say is you guys love you. We'll see you on Fandom Empire. Zach, take us out. Before we leave you for tonight, we just want to leave you with this closing thought. Overconfidence is the most dangerous form of carelessness. Yet we are very confident that we will see you next time on IPC broadcasting on Phantom Empire. Until then, good night, everyone.